Never known a thing like you and me. Reservoir Dogs is you and me. Quentin Tarantino says Pulp Fiction. Kill Bill Volume 1 and Volume 2. The Hateful Eight says me and you. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood says Brad Pitt. DiCaprio. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood says Sharon Tate didn't die. And we're live, people. This is uh, Josh and Tyler talk uh, movies. Yes, and today um, we want to do like a Tarantino's. Well, the first episode really of this. We'll see how this goes. We want to talk about. Uh, is this the second episode? What? I thought this was the second episode. No, this is our first episode. We've done this oh, before. Oh, Josh um, and Tyler. <laughs> we're going to talk about Tarantino today because his new movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, was just released. And we both saw it. And I think. At the final part of the podcast, we'll give our kind of like our overall view of it. After we're done going through the After other movies. Other movies. And, and going through our rankings. Rankings yeah. and sort of just our feelings on Tarantino and his films and his standing in pop culture to begin with. So. Alright, so I guess, uh, do we talk about Quentin Tarantino first or are you going to talk about Reservoir Dogs first? I want to talk about Tarantino because I want to know, because I want to know what your overall thoughts on him are. Like. His movies and just him personally? Well, too? it could be both, but where do you, like. Where, how do you feel about his standing in Hollywood, his standing in the place? Like, like where does... How do you personally feel about how Tarantino is perceived in... Well, I think he's... I think that he's reached a point of uh, popularity. He's become a, He's kind of like a director, like... Uh, I mean, not as widely regarded, but like Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Where it's like people go see his movies just because his name is slapped on them. And... Uh, I think he's bigger a bigger name than Christopher Nolan. In terms of film buffs, I think that's correct. But I think you could go... Okay. I feel like you could you could go up to someone on the street and say Quentin Tarantino and they would know that more than Christopher Nolan because you gotta get, remember well, uh, people of a certain age because t- there was a time when Tarantino in the 90s was like would publicize himself in everything he wasn't just the director of Pulp Fiction he would like be on SNL they publicized his uh, his interview about Roman Polanski. Well, the, the magazine slapped that on the front. They'd be like, "Quentin Tarantino said." Yes, yeah, <laughs> um, but he but, but but you have to remember, like Tarantino, really like, um, really put himself out there in a way where he wanted to be he wanted to be a face as well as the guy behind the camera, and I think that's what makes him more than Christopher Nolan. Like Christopher, I think that's why Tarantino is more iconic because I think people like know the image of Tarantino himself more than they do. Um, Maybe the image, I, I just, I, I don't know. The the name for me, at least from the people like I know, like Christopher Nolan, it's just like, like Christopher Nolan's such a go-to for so many people that like aren't even like movie buffs. Like just, that's mm-hmm. my favorite director. Like if you were to ask like, just some random person, yeah. like, what's your favorite director? 90% of the time, it's like Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, I, I have a theory though. And I'll go back to what you were... You, you finished what you were saying. I was a like, film theory? Yeah, no. yeah, I what you were saying. Uh, I was just going to say, yeah, yeah, no. Just people... People always throw Christopher Nolan top of the list. He's, like, up there with people, like... It's, like, Steven Spielberg. Amongst people that are not, like, major film buffs. It's, like, just regular people. I think, though, that... It, regular it was, people. <laughs> the, the, the normies. The normies of the film. <laughs> I watched Tarantino. I'm a film buff. No. Um, I think... Whether you like it or not, though, and, and Christopher Nolan's actually a good, this does kind of throw a wrench in what I was going to say, but I still am going to stand by it. I think Tarantino is tech, is truly the last American auteur, where I think he is the only filmmaker who 
started making his own things and he continued like Christopher Nolan I don't think because Christopher Nolan had to start with what got him on the map was Batman you know what I mean Tarantino like right out the gate was like these are my movies and this is my style this is how I make movies and I feel like that no one's done that no one has done that successfully in this global market where it's become franchises mm-hmm. whether you like it or not I'm not calling Tarantino a genius because I, I, I do think that he is not I love his movies but I do think he's a problematic human being and I do think that his that he is definitely a man who, who takes influences of other filmmakers and, oh yeah stuff strong oh but, but he, he even admits yeah. that yeah he admits it but, though, but he, yeah. he, what he does is he mix matches things and then he twists them in a way you weren't expecting yeah um, but he does it in such a way that that style that even if it wasn't originally his it has become Tarantino's now like that that like image like the type of like grindhouse film yeah, look yeah. that is Tarantino even if it wasn't really his to begin with so I think I think that in, in that way I think he makes him because I don't think Christopher Nolan has like a certain image that's like that's that's a Christopher Nolan shot I think uh, I think Tarantino is also one of those directors though that um, through his own uh not saying they're on the same like level because I do think Quentin Tarantino is better at making movies, but um, in the same like vein as somebody of like M. Night Shyamalan, I think he his own doings can also make films worse that he makes. Well, his own Tarantinoisms. Well, also too fall. when he's being told he's the greatest thing ever, like he, like, I, I think Tarantino himself as a person is a douchebag. Like, well, he has a high ego. Yeah, he's incredibly sure. yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. And I think when everything started to come out, like with Thurman and stuff recently in the Roman Polanski interview. Um, it was just it was just confirmation of what I'd already known about Tarantino. Yeah. And there was that one time where he's like, where he's like, oh, I I didn't mean any of that stuff I said about Roman Polanski. I'm like, but if you listen to the interview, it's like obvious, like you know what you're talking Can about. I, I'm gonna say something, and I don't yeah. think yeah. I think um, and what he said was terrible. Yeah. But I think he said what all of Hollywood was thinking at that time. Like I think he, I think yeah. I think I think he 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 was gross. It was disgusting. He said it. Yeah. He'd be ashamed. But I think the shameful thing is that he was represented because that same year is the year Roman Polanski won Best Director, mm-hmm. and the and he came back to the states, yeah. and everyone in the Academy Awards gave him a standing ovation. Yeah, and they all everyone everyone pushed the pedophile thing. It was like, oh, he did. Yeah, that. if 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 the anybody who's listening does not know what we're referring to necessarily, yeah. is a um is an interview where, where Quentin Tarantino, yeah, yeah and Howard Stern, where uh, Quentin Tarantino went on record defending. Roman Polanski for a statutory rape yes. uh, scenario where he had sex with a well, I don't did he have sex with her? It was a thirteen year old. Yeah, yeah, it was a pretty messed up situation, and uh, and he's on record defending it pretty strongly. Pretty strongly, yeah. and but I'm, all I'm saying though is that I think he and I'm not defending him at all. I'm just saying that I think he sadly is saying what everyone well, he's knows. saying what other Hollywood people are, are probably thinking are thinking, yeah, and which and, is disgusting. Yeah, which is gross in general that Hollywood's that messed up to an extent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, but and, and I think I think that and that has become fodder, even more fodder to be like. Fuck sorry, him. sorry. But I feel like fuck Tarantino. Like a lot, there's a lot of like anti-Tarantino stuff, which I get, which I understand, even though I always agree with. Um, but I think a lot of it comes from that, which I completely understand. Um, but, yeah. What would you say are your uh, last thing with Tarantino, just in general, before we move on to one of his first movies? What would you say are your favorite things about Tarantino films, as well as your least favorite things about Tarantino films? I think my favorite things about Tarantino films Tarantino-isms, are Tarantino-isms. <laughs> there's a great I told I told you about this the other day, but there's a great interview where he's talking to Robert Rodriguez about From Dust Till Dawn, and he goes, "You know what you did in that shot was very Tarantino-esque." 
It's like, you can't do that. You can't say that about yourself. <laughs> um, no, my favorite thing about Tarantino, I think one, is that he clearly loves film. And I think he... Um, he loves it and he understands the rules of each genre very well. Yeah. Like, like people always say, like, well, Tarantino can never do this. I'm like, no, well, he's seen enough movies. He knows how to do that. Mm-hmm. And I love, I love that. I also love, um, a couple things I love are, are his performances. I think it was the best He's really good with actors. He's amazing yeah. with actors. Yeah. I mean, he, he can bring performances out of people I don't even like. Yeah. I.e. Brad Pitt and once Upon a Time. And get performances out of them that are fantastic. Um, his choice of music, his editing, his style. I love his, um, uh, I think what I love about Tarantino, though, is that he, the biggest thing is that I really think he has a heart. And I think that's what's so surprising about some of his stuff. And I think that's what his failed in a lot of his, his people who are imitators of him. Mm-hmm. I think, like, someone like Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. It's always visuals first. Um, a Rob Zombie or someone, like, Kiss mm-hmm. My Ass. Like, that's like, he does not, he, he there's no, there was no heart in any of his characters. But I think his darkest movies, there's always this, there's this this really sense of humanity that mm-hmm. even for as someone as egocentric as Tarantino is, he really mm-hmm. digs into it. I really think his, the movies, the ones I wind up loving are ones that are really about love and about stuff. I really, they're really, they, I think I, they're very about, passionate very passionate. Yeah. Which the I really characters, love. especially because they're like mostly revenge tales. In yes. General, yes. So. Um, I think if there are things I, but we're going to things I don't like about them. I think I don't like, um, and this is more of in his early work. Um, his constant use of language in a way that a taboo language just to be edgy. Yeah. Um, you know, we've talked about that's like it's been talking, and I think that's the talk about like the jokes in Pulp Fiction. Yeah, and and, like and, and, and and we'll get into my list, but that's one of my favorites. Yeah. But it's still um, compared to how he uses, let's say, the N word in Pulp Fiction, how he uses it in Django or Hateful Eight, especially. It's so obvious that he he. He's using it so loosely in Pulp. Oh, it's different. Yeah, because so, like, in Django so, and Hateful Eight, it's a historical it's, context. It's, yeah, and yeah. I, I, mean, I, I still think he overuses it there, but I, I think he's using it to show that that's what people said at the time. Yeah, and he, yeah, and he really uses it to. Um, he really uses it in a way that uh, shines light on the ugliness of that word. Yeah. And Pulp Fiction's got just. It, it's really just that one scene in particular, though, with Quentin Tarantino. In there's particular. that. So there's also some Eric Stoltz says it when they're selling the heroin, and it always just makes me uncomfortable because it's so. Um, yeah, I can imagine being awkward. Can imagine being in a theater. It's just what, like, it's, should I laugh at this or there's not? This, there's this new. There's this new movement to sort of get past Tarantino, like my people yeah. my age, like. We need to let him go. It's time to stop. Like we, we need to stop deifying. Which I understand. I do think though, when they do that, they're forgetting a lot of things that do make him a great filmmaker. Yeah. But I understand it because because he was not. No critic um, put him to task with or, or put him or, or called him out for using the N word that loosely. And I think in fact he they thought it was like oh that's so edgy and cool. Well, and really, that, just Spike Lee and those. Uh, Spike Lee, yeah, that's Spike it. Lee's and and, and, and Spike Lee's been a very Admit, uh, adamant critic of of, um, of yeah, Tarantino. Him and Tarantino both always had kind of the yeah the yeah they, yeah, yeah. It was interesting, but um, so and I think that's the biggest thing that people who don't like Tarantino. I think that's the biggest thing that my generation has to to, to the biggest hurdle at the leap mm-hmm. when getting into Tarantino. Yeah, because I think now it's like. Well, now it's weird because you go back, you watch like even like Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, and they stuff like say that. It, yeah, yeah, they say it a lot. And so, like in this specific generation. Joke. If you're gonna show somebody those movies for the first time, you got to be like, okay, well they do do this. This is like normal in these films. Like I'm just giving you a heads up. I know. I always yeah. yeah. You have to. Have pre- it's kind of sucks that you do because he doesn't use it very cleverly, and I think that's my that's a, an issue I have with him. I also think he, um, he also. I guess my other issue is that he, um, 
He doesn't use the word to um, going through. I have just a couple more things to say about that. No, he also right. doesn't. Um, uh, he does it in a way that I think he he it makes him sound edgy, like oh, like it's almost like he's trying to make his oh, jokes I can, edgier I can, and I, stuff. I can say this. People don't think I will. And oh, that, aren't I so cool? And it's just so like he's trying to make a statement out yeah, of it almost about himself. Well, yeah, about about the fact that we're too. Yeah, 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 yeah. And well, I think I, he, I think he's grown past that, um, but it's still it's that's that's the hard thing about him is he just I think that kind of grosses me. Especially up. in a director's career where his only two films that don't have the N word are Kill Bill Volume One, and Kill Bill Volume Two. It's actually like even Inglorious Bastards has it. They don't say it in the way that's. Um, I watched it just the other day, so like I they do just, know. Yeah, 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 they they do. It's not in the way that's like. Uh, um, I found it weird talking about this, but like it's not in yeah, the way that's like it. yeah, yeah. It's it's it's. it's spot time it. Yeah, it, it's in the way that like, um, uh, it's it's the first two letters are N E, not N I. Oh. So <laughs> so it's still the N gotcha. but it's just well, not said in the yeah. same exact. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Kill Bill Volume One and Kill Bill Volume Two. There was only two movies that do not have the N word. Yeah. So. Well, uh, Death Proof and Once Upon a Time Hollywood as well. Don't. Once Upon a Time Hollywood didn't have it. Not at all. No, no. Oh, single, actually, yeah, yeah, not yeah. A okay, single, right. Yeah. And I've never seen Death Proof. Which Jack is a heads up in, yeah. in this ranking. <laughs> yeah, that's there was not a single racial um uh what's the word looking for? He's probably avoiding it. He's like, all right, he, he didn't use any, which I was very surprised. I mean he's probably smart, he's on thin ice. Um and then the other thing I don't like about Tarantino is that I, I find him well two things. This kinda of goes one, I think he can't get past his own ego and can't get past his own ideas and since As a person, yeah. As a person well, even even as a director, I think I think because um, producers once Pulp Fiction was out, they're like, we'll let you do whatever you want. I think his issue with the past, his past three movies, though, um, has been that he he gives the movie, like, movies like 30 minutes of the movie they don't need. I think that's the problem he's had with all of them. Even the ones I like. I think mm-hmm. he, especially these past, these past three in particular, Django, Hateful Eight, and Once Upon a Time, where it's like, you can, you can totally cut this down shorter. And I think that's a problem he just does not get out of his own way. And, the final thing I think is that my thing I don't like about Tarantino is the, um, is sometimes the, the it, it's the public's admiration for him or the uh, the people or um, the sort of idea that people don't people love Tarantino without realizing where he started or realizing where his influences come from. Mm-hmm. Like I was lucky I think enough to see. And this isn't me saying I'm smarter than you or I'm mm-hmm. the yeah. but this is just I remember I'm lucky I'm happy that I saw movies like. John Carpenter films and, and, and knew about like old spaghetti westerns and stuff back in yeah. the day and saw a lot of these movies on film prints back in the day as kids in theaters like my dad's movie revival theaters and stuff so I got to, I understood that he was playing with these ideas and he didn't create them I think a lot of people like they see a Tarantino like wow this is so unique and so and he's original bro. Yeah, exactly and that's why a lot of film about. film yeah. Why people make fun of like film boys on YouTube on Twitter because they're like the guys who are like well, I like Tarantino that's my favorite you know it's just, it, there's this the the over admiration for him sometimes bothers me even as someone who who would consider themselves a fan of his work yeah absolutely so um, what, but what do you think what do you dislike uh, I really I mean I just got I, I pretty much got a couple of quick things when it comes up to what I like and what I dislike about him um, when it comes up to his movies in particular um, the things I tend to love about him I'll give him one I'll give him one thing I really love about his movies. That's that's because they tend to be, they're homages, but they're homages in such a uh, to a whole genres usually. Yes. But in such a um, 
he take he can take that and he can make a whole movie that's entirely his own thing, yes, yes. but still make it an homage. Like 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 clearly speaking, even just about one of his random movies, like Kill Bill Volume One, um, which I don't know if you knew this, and this is also from not like a bad source, but I mean like it could be false. I do believe it though. Um, I would believe it, but like in uh back in way back in like the seventies, eighties, stuff like that, they played uh if they played like Japanese uh action films and like Japanese martial arts movies, they would uh during like during like bloody sequences or sequences with like swords and stuff like that where people were like like cut off like an arm or something like that, they would they would make it in black and white. Mm-hmm. And uh that whole entire segment in volume one, it works really well and you don't even need to know that. Yeah. Where where when she's fighting all these guys towards the end, the crazy eighty eight people yeah. And all that stuff, they cut it to black and white, and that was because of how bloody it was, and he was giving, like, an homage to that in mm-hmm. itself. Yeah. And, um, and that works as an homage, but it's put into this film where this whole entire film was basically an homage yeah. to martial arts films, to those Japanese action films and things like that, but it works as a film, too. That's his own thing. Yeah. And that's why I love that. Like, you don't have to see other things. Yeah, you don't have to get it. You don't have to You don't have to get it. But, like, if you know about it, you're like, this whole thing is an homage. Yeah. And there's there's straight up, like, direct... Like, like Hateful Eight's so inspired off The Thing. Yeah. Which I find hilarious, because it's The Hateful Eight. But yeah. yet, like... But, like, you can watch that, and you could totally get, like, if somebody said, this is this is an homage to The Hateful Eight, like, a lot of, a lot of stuff in this is, like, really, like, inspired off that movie. Yeah. You could totally see it. Yeah. You'd totally. be like, oh, this is crazy. And, like, even from the soundtrack, having a Thing song in it. But uh, if you're not, but if you're not, it still works as like a good mystery. Yeah, it just like it western just works. in western, yeah. yeah. And that's what I love. Um, yeah. What I don't like are two things, um, and that is um, Tarantinoisms get in the way in some of his movies to me. Yes. For example, uh, I think I've talked to you about this before, but the fact that like he could split up some of his movies into chapters, and I don't think it works for yeah, some of his movies. Were you happy that he didn't do it? Once I was, gonna... I was very, happy. I was, I was, I was, I was gonna... very because once once we got once I got forty five minutes in, and I saw there was no chapters. Yeah, I was like, I think, that, I, just... I think the chapter stuff works for a director like Wes Anderson, where his movies feel like books, like they feel books, like children yeah. books, and um, and I think Tarantino wants his movies to feel like that way. That yeah, because he's literally. He... He always says, like, Pulp Fiction's meant to be, like, a pulpy novel. Yeah. It's meant to be no- novel. And I think it works in some of his earlier projects, but I think after Jackie Brown in particular, it starts to really wear its course. Did he do it in Django? Um, I don't think he does it in Django, right? He does not do it in Django. He has, like, little inserts, but they're never, they're never chapters. Um, I, I think it's, like, another good example of a Tarantinoism that gets on my nerves. The f- constant flashbacks bother me mm. a lot of the time okay. um, in a lot of his movies. Uh, not Not every single one of them. And some of them work way better than others. But he has, like, these constant, like, needs to be, like... A good example is just watching just watch Jenga recently and uh, seeing that. And there'll be, like... There'll be sections where he'll be like, oh, yeah, back when uh, back when I was a slave. And it just cuts his, like, random shot. Yeah. It's high exposure and it's, like... Yeah. It's, like, high contrast. And it's like, oh, yeah, we're, we're taking you away. I'm like, this is not needed. Like, I don't need this at all. It's just... It's randomly thrown in there. They'll have certain flashbacks. And it, it doesn't work in certain of his movies to me like Inglorious Bastards things like that um, some of them it works way better because it's pivotal to the plot mm. like like Pulp Fiction has that yeah. and so does um, so does Reservoir Dogs because it's like uh, Mr. Blonde Mr. Uh, uh, Pink and all that stuff and they go all the way back yeah. and they show this whole flashback and it works um, like Hateful Eight it doesn't work to me yeah. and uh, movies like that it does not work in and so there's just a lot of that and also and this is almost a Tarantinoism itself but I'm, but this is my whole other second point I think he can get very overly grotesque 
in a way that I do not like. Um, and I know it's a whole thing for Tarantino movies to be... Um, uh, am I using the word grotesque correctly, or am I using it horribly? Well, do you mean grotesque in terms of violence? Yes. Okay. No, you're using yeah, it absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. I was like, you looked at me weirdly. No, no I, was I, just, like, I was just that. I was like, do I have to go on Google? No, no, no. <laughs> I, just, I just what? Um, <laughs> I guess we'll get into it later, but I mean, it, it, it's not necessarily in his earlier films either, but um, more and um, and I know there's one of his films that we talked about that I love that is very overly grotesque. Yeah, but that movie um, kind of calls for it. Um, yes, that I was. Uh, we'll get into that later, but um, but uh. Yeah, I just think some of his movies, it, it reaches an extent for me where I'm just like, yeah, I get it. Like, I get people love it. Like, people go out to go see Quentin Tarantino just to see it. That's literally what they do. I'm sometimes. literally understanding your review of Once Upon a Time Hollywood right now. Oh, you are? Like, everything <laughs> you're saying, I'm like, I, yep, I know exactly what he's going to say. Is it exactly like, what Once we get there, I'm like, yep, that's exactly what he's going to say. You're on the, you don't know. That's you don't true, know. that's true. You don't know. You don't know. We have not talked to each other about it. Yet. Um... But yeah, those are my biggest dislikes with them. Okay, um, it's just a lot of it's just Tarantinoisms. Yeah. But I think overall we can agree that well, we well, both we both think he's great. Yeah, uh, uh, while flawed and problematic and understandably divisive, I think I think we both agree that he has made. Oh yeah, obviously. Whenever one of his movies coming out, it's always in like the top ten most anticipated. It's oh, like yeah. oh yeah, and I'm always like whenever it's funny whenever I turn one on TV, I get sucked in. Like I even the, oh, even the last ones, I'm like I dude. Have... Even today, like when I had Django on earlier, because I was like, I don't know, let me rewatch this. Yeah, I I've seen Django multiple times. I know that movie like by heart, and um and 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 just seeing it, just seeing like the intro again, yeah. right at the very end, I'm just like, oh, you know, I gotta watch this. Yeah. Just gotta sit through and watch that, all that. It was fine. I've been in a Tarantino mood the past few days because of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So I watched um, Django. I just turned it on, and I was gonna watch up until a certain scene, maybe 20 minutes in. I wanted yeah. watching the whole movie. I wanted watching yeah. the whole movie, like the whole two happens. hours, forty five minutes. Like, that's the whole. It's thing. crazy, and um, that's just how it works. That yeah. But um, yeah, that's our that's our strongest points with yeah. Tarantino, and that's our what, worst. So Tyler and I made a list of um, you made a list, right? We didn't both make lists, but what I was gonna say was is that we I, I was gonna say the way we should reveal it is each movie we go through, we say where it is on our list. Okay. And we both, we slowly reveals our lists. And then at the very end, we can go. We, at the very list, at the very end, we both know our lists. Like, we can write down where we put ours. And then, um... We can say that. Like, and very... then you could be like, whoa, you thought that was bad. Bruh! What okay. is your problem? But I think we should we should go 10 to 1 at the very end, though. Like, be like... Yes, just absolutely. Just that means, yeah. Just yeah. as a recap, okay. especially for people So, I guess we're starting with Reservoir Dogs? Reservoir Dogs. Is okay. First, technically. Wow, on your list is what, number one? Um, oh, like oh, oh! They're just talking about food. We're going, okay, yeah. <laughs> where, where, so where does Reservoir Dog break on your list? Oh, uh, you actually might be right. It might actually be number one. Let me double check. Is it really? It might be. It might be. It is number one. Wow, okay. it is number one. It's number three for me. Okay, but I, I do love it. Um, I, it's it's also one though that I I I I love. I I, but I haven't rewatched it maybe in a while. I did. I okay. I, I rewatched certain scenes from it a lot, but I don't watch the whole thing. But okay. I do love it. Um. Yeah, why, why is Reservoir Dogs number one for you? It's my favorite. Um, I think it's the closest to perfect he's ever gotten. Wow, okay. In terms of a film. Okay. I think uh, I think the film... It's one of those films to me where when I watch it, um, I, I don't have anything wrong with it. Yeah. There's, no, there's nothing. Like, it's, and it's, it's, not even, it's, it's not even a nitpick thing to me either. It's not like it's one of those films that's so perfect, but then I still have these like little things. It's like something where I'm just like, this is literally just amazing to me. Like, it, I love this movie. It's the kind of movie I wish he would make more. Like, yeah. He can never make it again, which is a bummer. Because he, it's like, it's what, an hour and a half? And it, 
it yeah. feels so, and yet it, it never feels um, rushed. Like, it's yeah. still, it's a perfect low-budget movie. Oh, yeah. It totally knows its limits, but also understands how to be entertaining within its limits. You don't need to see the bank heist. You don't need to see what happened. You just see these characters, like, in a room. And that's why I think it's so great. Emphasis, like, Reservoir Dogs is kind of like a play. Because it really is. It's just people in a room. Yeah, it's almost the entire movie is just yeah. in one room. And that, and I still think the twist that, to find out who the rat is with Mr. Orange yeah. is one of the best ever. I think that, uh, I think the film is, I think the violence in the film, weirdly enough, is um, portrayed completely differently than it is in most of his other movies. Um, and that's kind of what tame. I love. It's, well, it's, it's not only just tame, but like... I mean, it's gory, but it's not shown. But when there's like, like I was noticing just watching it recently, like when like cops are chasing somebody down the street... Or like when um when uh when uh, there's that one I forget the character but um when he's running down the street away from the cops and he gets I think he gets hit by one of the cars or the cops shoot through like a car window and it breaks the windshield, it's filmed so like gritty yeah in a way that's like uh it it, it feels so handheld so and it doesn't handheld. feel smooth it doesn't yeah. feel it doesn't feel like it's it's on a tripod or anything it feels so um gorilla like yeah gorilla, yeah, gorilla yeah. Totally no making, absolutely yeah, totally and and that's kind of what I love because it's it's filmed in a way where I'm I'm taking it so seriously and it's not a joke to me. And I, yeah. A lot of his other movies tend to feel like, oh, it's way more just like fun. Like I would, I would say with the exception of Marvin getting killed in Pulp Fiction, I think Pulp Fiction has that vibe too. The, those first two movies have really you can tell that he's he's learning his craft and I really love yeah. that. I love that about both of them. Yeah, Reservoir Dogs is fantastic. I think um, it, it's one that I need to revisit more. Uh, I also think that uh, if it wasn't for this will probably give away my number two it wasn't for like a couple like a week ago it would be number two um, but I do love it it's always been one of my favorites I um, Reservoir Dogs has my favorite ending to a Tarantino film of all time and it is like heartbreaking because I think like oh his ending's fantastic oh my God, I, I think about that ending whenever Tarantino people say Tarantino's heartless I'm always like I think about that ending of Reservoir Dogs where you basically find out that Harvey Keitel finds out that he is the one that screwed over everyone because he trusted the wrong guy. Yeah. And just the acting of Tim Roth when he's lying on the ground screaming, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And he has to, and, and, and Harvey Keitel just starts wailing. It shoots, yeah, you know, just that whole, and they're about to get caught with a cop. And their chemistry works so well so in the movie. So good. First time when you see them is like, well, not not not, the, not including the diner sequence in the very beginning, which is really good. leading out in the car. Yeah, and they're, they're both like, he's like comforting them and stuff. Yeah. It, it, and it shows off that chemistry. It gets you into their characters. Yeah. And it's just like... It, and it gets you into the mind of... A uh, character's name is uh, Marvin, right? In the yeah, movie? Marvin. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Marvin. It gets you in the mindset of like, why Marvin's defending this kid. Yeah. It's like... He, he gives he, the kid his name, yeah. Yeah, and he's like... He's like this. He's just a kid. Like, he's he's just trying to make some money. Like, he would never no. do this. Uh, Larry is the guy. It's Harvey Keitel, right? Because I think Marvin is the... Uh, Marvin's the cop. Marvin's I think so. Let me double check. Yeah. But you I could be right. You could I, be I remember right. him saying, I think he's dying. He's like, Larry. Either way, his name is Mr. White Mr. in the movie, he's so we could just, I could just refer to him as yeah, Mr. White. Yeah, but he, um, yeah, and Harvey Cartel is just one, one of my favorite actors, but he's fantastic. In yeah. That. I also, um. And Tim Roth is the, is the, is the cop. Yeah, Larry. Cover, yeah, yeah, Larry, yeah. And, uh, but yeah, Larry, just their chemistry. Marvin's Pulp Fiction. Marvin's Pulp Fiction. Oh, yeah, yeah, Marvin is, yeah, he's <laughs> the guy, he's the guy who does the, uh, car. He Wait. No, he's... It, it, Marvin's the one gets shot in the head in Pulp Fiction. Marvin's the, and then Mr. White, Marvin the, the guy who plays Mr. White, is the guy who does the car cleaning. He's the guy yeah, who does the, the car cleaning, yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, it, it really is great. I think... Um, I also think, too, it's... You were talking about 
flashbacks, that's a movie where the flashbacks are integral. Like, oh, you, yeah, you, you need, need it. it. Needed. I do think, though, I think the reason that it may not stick with me is because the stuff with the flashbacks is not bad by any means, but the, the um, the movie, it, it uh, I, I forget a lot of that stuff. But I, that being said, um, there's the scene where Tim Roth tells the fake story about having the weed in the bathroom with the cops. I love that scene. It seems so great because it's a fake story and yet I'm still tense. I'm st- still like, oh my god, they gotta find him, you know? Well, I, I, I love that sequence because there's the whole entire scene where he talks about how, like, you're gonna have to give a background, you're gonna have to say something, you're gonna have to, you're gonna remember if it's a blow dryer or a towel and all yeah. this stuff. And so whenever he's saying this sequence, it's like, he's playing it out in his head. Like, he's like, okay, I have to know exactly this yeah. is how many cops are, this is what's going on, this is what's going on. So when he's reading off that scene, he's like re- he's like living it in his head. Like, yeah. he has to know exactly yeah, what's Yeah, that's happening. why it feels tense, because it feels so real. Like, and so anybody else, any other flashback doesn't work that way. Yeah. It's like, his is the only one. It's like a story. He's like, okay, I gotta know what's going on. I gotta yeah. know what's going on. Yeah. He's like, I was washing my hands in the sink and all the cops <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> looking at me or something. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's a great one. It's one I love. Do you want to move on to the next one then? Um, yeah, I would just really just say that like, yeah, that one, it has probably, might have my favorite Tarantino ending. Yeah, might. My, I, I think yeah. it is. Um, it it's got one of my favorite intros. It's not my favorite, but it's got one of my favorite intros. And I think it probably has the, my favorite use of violence in terms of his movies. Yeah. Um, just because, like we talked about, it's more tame, and that torture sequence is just fucking Yeah, we were talking about that. That's one of the best, one of the best. The makeup on the ears. Oh, it's so, so disturbing. And, and, yeah. and just the whole, the whole, I mean, the whole ear cutting, I mean, the whole, that whole scene is probably the most iconic part of the movie. And just the fact, but the fact that you don't see it, and you just hear it off screen, and then you just see Michael Madsen have the ear in his hand, because there's actually I'll be first. There's a deleted footage of the, the actual cutting, like close up of the ear. Yeah, and it just it's too much, and they did a perfect job with that. It's almost scarier just hearing him off camera. Yeah, and just seeing like the removal, like it's just like so what's left. And it's like oh, yeah. it's it, it it's pretty it's pretty stellar, and I, I I love I love just like the little details, like the, the how during the ending. Whenever he's saying like "sorry," like "I'm sorry," you can hear outside. Yeah, um, you hear like Mr. Mr. Pink, Pink being arrested. arrested. Yeah, 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 and it's it's just, I love it. It's yeah. so like atmospheric. And that diner scene dialogue's great too about Madonna. And yeah, that, that's a perfect like. This is the that's the perfect scene that shows like this is who Tarantino is and this is how his character's gonna be from now. I on. love how it portrays them. It in the first sequence alone, it portrays them all as like badasses. And then immediately that's all stripped away. Yeah, exactly. Like, and then and right after the title, because they're all like scared shitless. Exactly. Like, dude, what are we gonna do? Like, yeah, we're yeah. gonna get caught. So, all right. yeah, yeah, we can we can continue on. Though. All right, yeah, yeah. But that's we love Red Rock. So uh, after that would be Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Where yes. did you rank Pulp Fiction on yours? I'm curious where you rank Pulp Fiction on yours. You you were curious. I ranked it as number three. Okay, I ranked it number one. Okay, I ranked it as my favorite. Uh, it's 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 uh, as I've said, it's problematic and it has. Things that do not age well, and it is the 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 um the stereotypical like cool teenager movie that everyone chooses when they think they know about film. Like I get Uh it, but I think it is so full. Like I I recently I watched it again. It's so iconic, and I think the reason it's so iconic is because it's it's um. It's non-linear storytelling, yet it still feels so organized in a weird way, mm-hmm. and um, and I think every character is so, 
even the smallest characters in that movie you remember. There's everything's everyone's so colorful, everyone's so interesting. Yeah, it's just fun to hear them talk. And whenever people talk about the Tarantino dialogue, that's the movie they're talking about because it's just f- like the whole Jack Rabbit Slim scene is just so fun. Um, it really is the movie that that to me encapsulates what Tarantino is as a filmmaker. At least at his best. At his best, you know. And again, and again, I I know, and there are things about it that have not aged well. But I think the movie as a whole is a perf is is the perfect encapsulation, and it's my favorite Tarantino movie, just because it's it really is. And people talk about why they love this one. It really is the one I could rewatch over and over and over. It's a stereotypical choice, but it's my favorite one. I think I agree with you astronomically with your ending point um, about how. it's one you can constantly rewatch. Yeah. I think it's actually his best in terms of rewatchability. Yes, without that. I think that the more people watch it, the more they love it, yeah. the more they get out of it, the just yeah. the more entertained they are. And it's more of a connecting in the dots thing mm-hmm. and, and just loving just loving the finishing off of all these character stories. And it's one thing I I really like the way it um the way it uh it's gonna sound weird, the phrasing, but I'll explain it. Uh it way it encapsulates characters. Mm-hmm. Um it, it uh, we'll keep that burp in there. Fuck it. Yeah, fuck it. Um, <laughs> it it, uh, it starts these characters' stories and it, it shows off like their what they're what they're struggling with and like even down to just Samuel L. Jackson with like how all the bullets miss him and he's like that was that was a miracle. Yeah, he's that like was that was back to God. Yeah. And it's like uh, they're they're all so different and they all got all these different goals like uh, uh, Totoro with trying to um, trying to avoid Uma Thurman's charm and and Turo. John Turturro? Dude, that's, it's John Travolta. Ah, oh, jeez. Oh, that no. Right now. That's embarrassing. Fall. <laughs> so Falls out. I'll cut it out, sure. Whatever. <laughs> Maybe I might keep it. We don't know. I might keep it. It might be like an embarrassing one. Everybody's like, fucking hack, dude. He doesn't know what he's no talking about. No one gets confused. John Travolta accused John Turturro. Dude, I'm so, Oh, wait, is that the guy who was in Transformers? Yeah, he's do the right thing. Yeah, it's not. It's the Jesus. <laughs> the Jesus? Yeah, it's not... <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, no. You t- it, I like that the first movie bring up with him is Transformers. He's been like other Coen Brothers films. And <laughs> oh, but, uh, he has to he has to be immune to Uma Thurman's charm. Yes, Uma Thurman. They they don't even have to even ex- explain necessarily like, her character, but you can tell she's just like trapped with like you know like this overprotective guy. Yeah, and, and, so and she wants to have fun, and she wants to have fun. She wants to be rebellious towards that, and then you just got the uh, uh, Bruce Willis or um, same as Larry B. What is it? Butch. Butch. Yeah, Butch and um, Marcellus is yes. the, yeah, yeah is the other guy. And they're just, their chemistry being stuck in the situation they get put into. Yeah, it's horrible. And it's it's horrible, and it's just like, I think it starts these characters, it gives them these situations, and it gives them, it doesn't even have to necessarily explain, like, their life or anything like that, but you can tell, like, all what all these characters have been through that's kind of, like, led them yeah. to having the attitude they have towards all these circumstances. Yeah, it's... Yeah, and seeing them... So that comes with, like, encapsulating those characters. I just yeah. I love it. I love the it way it's it, Seeing these characters at different points in the in the mm-hmm. couple of days that we take place in, it, it sort of makes them even more well-rounded. Because you see them at their worst, you see them at their best, you see them at their... Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's great. Um, but I also think one of the things I love about Pulp Fiction is that um, it's just... Uh, it, it's sort of like... I think the reason it catches on to so many people is because it is kind of an anthology movie. 
which is a, a genre I really love, which is different stories. Oh, absolutely. It's but like an intertwining kind really of anthology is. story. And what I think yeah. it's so cool about it is that it's sort of, um, if you don't, what, whatever you like, whatever kind of movie you like, is sort of represented at Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's a comedy, there's some gross out stuff, there's some, some really love stuff in love, it. There's yeah. love story, there's love stories. Mm-hmm. Bush and Butch and his girlfriend. I was actually um, listening to Unspooled, which is a podcast I listened to. They went to go through the AFI 100 movies list. And they did Pulp Fiction this week. And they talked about and Paul Shear, the co-host, actually made a really good observation that like the entire movie is about couples. Mm-hmm. And it's really true, because the whole movie is about a group of two. And like people... Yeah. You know, and, and even um, the story of John Travolta and Sam Jackson's characters is kind of like the story of a breakup. Like, yeah, there's, <laughs> and there's such a, there's such a contrast to each other. They so are. Like, their yeah. dialogue works so well, especially, like, those scenes where, where Travolta, or Taturo, actually. Yeah, John Taturo. <laughs> Actor John Taturo. <laughs> Travolta is, like, is, like, talking back or saying something. You got Samuel Jackson standing there, like, what the fuck are you doing? The dude? whole, yeah, like, yeah. Your, the whole foot <laughs> massage. Yeah. Dialogue's great. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's, it's fantastic. But why, why is it, um, I mean, I know it's number three, which means someone's love it. Why is it not number two or number one for you? Um, honestly, it, it might it might also just be to do that. I just I've seen it probably about two, maybe three times, and the more I watch it, the more I love it. And so I think it's one of those things that's like, honest to God, like I think I think if you asked me off my first viewing, it'd probably be like number six to me. Mm-hmm. It'd be like decently not low, but like decently down the list. Yeah. But like the more I watch it, the more I tend to love it. And so it's one of those things where. I think maybe after five, six, seven viewings, it could it could be number two. Mm-hmm. It could be number one. If I had to pick anything I didn't like about it, um, which is hard because it's like one of those movies where everybody's very passionate about it, and it's like, oh, yeah, it's like, what the fuck did you say no, about okay, that movie? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't really care for the uh, the Christopher Walken scene. Uh, oh wow, the watch scene. Bush. Yeah, and and oh, loves it. Yeah, it does sure. set up the watch thing pretty well. Oh, I love that. Um, yeah, and it's a flashback that I don't I'm, I don't dislike. Like it's not like I'm I hate it because it's a flashback. I don't hate it because it's a Tarantinoism thing where it's flashback of this this thing that connects to the overall story. Yeah, because I do think it's integral. I just don't necessarily care for the dialogue that much with it. Oh man, it's like uh, uh, I it's like whatever. Totally like, disagree. That's what yeah, I'm everybody's cool. like. <laughs> Shoved it on my butt, bro. It's <laughs> just kidding. Nah. But I mean, it, it's a good sequence. I, it's still fine. I just don't think it's as good as the rest of the movie. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I, I actually, I, I was thinking it was going to be um, the stuff with, uh, that you wouldn't like, uh, assuming it was going to be the stuff with Butch and um, his wife. It's his wife? Is yeah. it his wife? Okay, I thought it might have been his girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's his wife. But, um... No, I didn't mind that because I kind of took that along with his story. He's just trying to get yeah, yeah. away with her. No, I do too. I just that's the stuff that when people do bring up stuff, they always bring up. I thought the I thought the uh, I also think maybe maybe to me the um um and I get it fits for like him saving Marcellus yeah from this situation they get caught into with the with the gimp suit guys yeah, and yeah. weirdos and everything. Uh, I don't. I think it. I think it works on that level of like to me where it's like just just kind of like overly grotesque, just kind of for the fuck of it a little bit. Sure. And um, oh, this movie, Pulp Fiction, is very much shock value territory. Yeah, and I and I that well that that's the segment to me that's the most like this is shocking. Like yeah. like he opens up the door, you see dude fucking Marcellus. Yeah. It's just like it's like oh okay, and like to me, 
it doesn't really hit me. It's just more so like, oh, this is just Tarantino doing him, I guess. Well, it's yeah, it's, it's. I don't. I don't mind the scene. I think it might go on just for a little bit too long, but like, I do think it works for both those characters, and I do think it's integral uh, to the plot. But I also think that it could have been either a toned down; it wouldn't have any difference really, mm-hmm. or b it could have just been a little bit shorter in general. But that's. This is nothing that's, like, really big affecting on the movie to me. That's fair. His top three movies to me are, like, basically near perfect to me. Okay, I think our top three is the exact same. Maybe. No. No, no it's, it's not. It's not going to It's definitely to not going to be. Yeah, because I know what your number two is. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Never, I lied. Okay, so then in that case, let's go move on to Jackie Jackie Brown. Brown. Yes. His is obviously, uh, unless, of course, you want to say Death Proof is, his most underrated film. I don't, I love Death Proof, but I think Death um, Death Proof is is completely fine how it's rated, uh, but I I don't I th- I think it's underrated, but I still don't think it's like a fantastic movie. Is Death Proof in between Jackie Brown and Kill Bill Volume One, or is, when did when did Death Proof come out? Do you, oh, I, like I have no was, idea when it came out. Uh, Death Proof, yeah, Death Proof came out. No, Death Proof came out after Kill Bill Volume Two. It came out those seven. Oh, between okay. De- Kill Volume Two and the yeah, I knew nothing about it. So yeah. it's like okay, um, so but Jackie Brown. But Jackie Brown, I ranked it number two. Ooh, that's that's me. I did not think that. Yeah. that's like a. I ranked that's a two. that's a that was some shock Tarantino shock value yeah. right there for me. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I ranked that's cheesy as fuck. Tarantinoisms right there. Uh, you're you're gonna hate me. No, right? it's okay. I ranked it number six. Okay, that's okay. Cool. Do you want to go you first? Go first. You okay, go first. okay. Um, I'll tell you what worked for me and what didn't. Um, I I, re- I really do like it, yeah. like a ton. And I, I like uh, the different stories. I love how they all intertwine. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it actually, in terms of writing different stories that intertwine, it might be his best work mm-hmm. in terms of just all these different stories that intertwine. Yeah. Um, because he does that a lot in his movies. But I think this one, it might work the best. Just mm-hmm. because it's so, like... Oh, holy shit, like, all these characters are, like, they're doing the handoff with yeah. the money, and it's, like, everyone's there, and it's, like, all this different shit going on. You know, you know, um, uh, I don't remember his name, but Samuel Jackson's character, I always have to say that, because I don't remember his fucking Ordell, character's yeah. name. Ordell, okay, I'll just call him, yeah, I'll call him yeah. Ordell. But Ordell, like, doesn't know certain things, but he's finding it out, and, yeah. like, but we all we know what's know. going on. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy to see all it all unfold, and, um, you don't know who's gonna live, who's gonna die in the situation, but... Um, what I will say about it, um, the stuff that, the stuff I don't really care for, and, um, I think I might actually have some, yeah, the stuff I didn't really care for, it's mostly revolved around, um, and you, you'll probably disagree with me, which is fine, but, um, uh, is the Melanie and Robert De Niro stuff I don't really care for. I think that, um, I think it's fine, but I don't really think it goes anywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I mean, he just ends up shooting her. Yeah. It just because she's like talking, and and I, and it's not that that necessarily bothered me, but I think it's because all these different stories are going on, and they're all so like, oh my god, like who's yeah. what's gonna happen with these characters, and then Robert De Niro just kind of ditches out of their plan, and it just like kills her, and then he just kind of goes right back, and then he dies just a moment later, basically by yeah. by Samuel Jackson, or Odell, and um, or Odell, <laughs> but uh. But I just don't think that that story works as well as the other ones. And I love Robert De Niro. I mean, Godfather Part Two is like fucking amazing to yeah. me. But uh, and I love him in movies. Uh, 
But I just don't think that whole entire plot works as well as the other ones, which that's, is probably why I have it ranked lower. That's fair. Um, so we watched this together, like, what, like a week ago now? Yeah, probably about a week yeah, ago. Yeah, and I, 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 upon watching it, I was realizing, I, was like, I don't maybe I don't think I've ever seen Jackie Brown. And I think what the reason, what happened was what I had, I had just seen Django Unchained in theaters, and I wanted to get into, Pulp, into Tarantino. So I watched Pulp Fiction, and I, watched, I think I put Jackie Brown in on, like, my Blu-ray player, and I was probably, like, on my phone. This is probably, like, sophomore year of high school. Mm-hmm. And I was just not getting into it. And I think I might even turn it off. And I think it's a Tarantino movie that I would did not would not and did not really enjoy when I was sixteen. I'm twenty one. I'm nowhere. I'm not old and hardened at, at, by any means. But I think I'm a little older now, and I think I'm a little a little more willing to give it a shot. Oh, you don't uh, like Transformers one? No, no. But I, I was so into it this this time. I was like. Really shocked how much, and, and I think it's the reason I really like it is because it's Tarantino's most grown-up movie. I think it's his the one where he doesn't rely on too much shock value. He doesn't rely on his his sort of. I, mean, I love his dialogue, but sometimes he relies on the sort of like um, uh, lyrical dialogue he's though known for a little too often. Oh yeah, and I think I love it, this is the only one he's ever done that's based on something. The only movie he's ever made that's based on something, not his own script. And I think he really translates the, the the dialogue to screen really well, where it feels really realistic while still being snappy and interesting like he is, but still but making it feel like real people talk like that. Yeah. It's, it's, I'll get into that with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I really enjoy, but, um, mm-hmm. in that sense. But um, I really liked, I really just loved that. And I think the thing I loved about it, I like the De Niro stuff, if only because I'm, I love seeing De Niro play a loser. He's yeah. a complete fucking loser. And as someone who's a big De Niro fan, that was so fun to see because you just see him in this yeah movie. he always plays big deals yeah, in, a in, in, in a movie that's you know quote unquote the tough guy movie really tough yeah. tough woman movie um, to see a movie like that to see De Niro would be really like this guy who's smoking pot and like fucking this like that is, that is really an interesting and I think he's fantastic yeah. and it's also it also came at a time in his career when he was and he still has he still is but the beginning of when he was starting to make complete shit and, and the fact that he was in this was like he was making Rocky and Bullwinkle and shit at the same time this was coming out so <laughs> um, but yeah it was it's it's a great it's a I really loved it I thought um, Sam Jackson was fantastic but I think the thing that really hit me this time or this time or even maybe, like I said just watching it was um, Pam Greer and uh, uh, Robert Forrester um, I thought their whole relationship was amazing I thought their romance was so like real I thought it was so, um, and when Pam Grew as Jackie has to go and leave at the very end, yeah, and you see Robert Forrester, you know, after everything they've been through, because the whole movie is about double crossing. She's double crossing the cops. She's double crossing the gun yeah. she's worked for, and she in the end she's really just working with this guy she loves to to make her own path. And I love the ending when she invites him to go to Spain with him. The ending really has stuck me the past few days a lot, and mm-hmm. I think other than. Reservoir Dogs is my favorite ending of a Tarantino movie. Also, this movie doesn't end in the way every Tarantino movie feels like it needs to, which is a big, brutal display of violence. Absolutely, yeah. Which, it's actually probably now when I actually come to think about it, going back on Reservoir Dogs, and it's probably it's definitely his most tame movie. It's his most tame. Yeah, if, yeah. If, if you take out the torture scene out of Reservoir Dogs, Reservoir Dogs is probably it. But this movie is definitely well. Even Reservoir Dogs, yeah. though, at the very end, there's a shootout and people bleeding out over the place. Mm-hmm. This one, there's none of. I mean, there's there's the the scene where you know he sh- um, De Niro shoots the girl, De Niro gets shot, and at the very end when Sam Jackson gets shot. But none of those deaths are a lot of them are either off screen or like. The very, worst one is literally Robert De Niro's. And you see a blood, blood splat. Yeah, yeah, and that's pretty much it. And it's 
it feels very real and in a way that I really appreciate him doing that I don't think he's ever done before. But that ending where she she drives off to, to go to Spain and Rob Forster's about to stop her, about to he's on he's a he works at a bail bonds place and he's about to hang up on the phone to go, Hey, can I call you back? And right as he hangs the phone up, she drives away. He's like, fuck, I missed my chance. That's what I was... I've thought about that, too, you and, know? And it lingers on him, and then that shot of Pam Greer, who I think is just incredible. Um, she was really great. She's so movie, good. Yeah. I mean, she, you know, she was a 70s icon, and she this was supposed to be her big comeback, and sadly, the movie wasn't well-regarded at the time. But it, um, she that scene when she's just kind of singing to herself in the car, and the camera just lingers on her, you can see how sad she is, and... That that gets me. It, get, it really got me. I've I've been I've I've wanted to rewatch it again, and, and maybe it is because I just watched it, but it really left me with something like a lot, and I think that's why it's my number two. I think. I, that it, that ending the ending is really fantastic. It could go either way, but I feel like in a cut in a few years, I could easily see Jackie Brown becoming my favorite Tarantino movie. That that's that that's a very fair point. Which that's is surprising. Very, yeah, that's it's very. It's when I always used to be like, eh, and now I'm like, whoa. I, I, I do agree, and it's also, it, it really, it, and to me it also works in the same vein that uh, I think Pulp Fiction works, where I think upon rewatches, it just, I feel like it's yeah. something that will get better, because it's like, and I, I do think it's great, I do love the ending, because I, I love that whole entire stretch where, where he's like, oh hey, can I, I, can I call you back, and he's gonna go run out there. And she just drives off, and it's like so not cliche. I know, that, right? Like you, th- you. I literally thought I was like, oh, he's gonna run out there and be like, oh, I'm gonna go with you. He's gonna open up the passenger door and get in, and that's gonna be the end of the movie. He's yeah. driving off there, but she just leaves, and he just stands there, and he doesn't even look that upset or anything. He's more like, he's just more like, like, kind of like content. Like, okay, this this wasn't this wasn't yeah. this wasn't meant to be. She's gonna go off and do her thing, and I'm gonna stay right yeah. where I am. And I'm like, this is fucking awesome. Yeah. I was like, I really like this. And the the sequence with it's not over the top at all, but the sequence with Ordell entering when at night in the in the uh, in the station or the bond bond building, and he's got the he's about to kill Jackie, yeah, yeah. And, he's, and he's talking about all that shit he's gonna do. He's gonna shoot blow off her fucking kneecaps yeah. and everything, and and she's just waiting there for him, and it's it's great. She got I, the cops on her side. Yeah, yeah and. Yeah. Uh, Michael Keaton's awesome in it too. Michael Keaton's great in it's it. It's so you know? cool to see him in a Tarantino movie. I like how she's. I like how. I love how she double crosses the cops, and it's like in this really smart way. That's not. It, it's it's complicated a little bit. It's, a, it's one but, of those complicated. But, Tarantino movies. but if you but upon rewatches, it still all makes sense. Yeah, and that's why I love. It. It's like she tells him like, "Oh, well, we're gonna switch out these bags. We're gonna do this. Yeah, we're yeah. gonna. You're gonna be waiting there with me." And it all, like, really does make sense. Like, it's not one of those things where I see it and I'm like, oh, the cops are, like, acting dumb. Yeah. It's like, they're just being stupid. Yeah. They they fully think, oh, she's fully on our side, and um, and Ordell is the bad guy. Yeah. And she knows what Ordell plans on doing, and it's, like, it's so well put together. Yeah. And all of it makes sense. Yeah. It's like, none of it feels like a stretch for me to believe. It, in fact, honestly... In recent time, it's probably one of the most, like, down-to-earth in terms of, like, in terms of, like, uh, we're gonna pull off this heist-type plot. Yeah. Even though it's not really a heist, but it is. Yeah. Kind of thing. And also, it feels very down-to-earth. Also, last thing I'll say is yeah. I think, the thing about, Tar- you're right about everything you said, but I think the last thing I like about Jackie Brown is I think it's the one Tarantino movie you can show someone without having caveats before, being like, okay, hey, by the way, there's some of this in here that you might not like it, or some language here, but, like, I feel like Jackie Brown's the only one you could turn on and be like, I think it's a great one for people who don't like Tarantino, 
like watch Jackie Brown. I think it could be the one that they. Oh yeah, you could probably sit down a whole family to watch Jackie Brown. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Like, makes sense. I feel like they la- like. I feel like it would it clicks with people. And he talk, I talk about I love Terrence movies with heart. And I feel like that one is one of his most heartfelt. And I, oh, absolutely, especially the main relationship. Yeah, totally. It's just, I think it's just so great. Okay, so let's move on to uh, what's Kill the Blame one. It's the fourth. Is one. that the next one? I think it's Jackie Brown. Yeah, because you took a like a long ass. Yeah, break. yeah. And everybody, was like, everybody was, was like, "You took so one. long, Jackie." Yeah, <laughs> Jackie. That's the other thing. Jackie Brown was. Um, I didn't mention was like, kind of got mixed reception when it came out, because everyone was expecting another Pulp Fiction, and they're like, "What?" And it's funny because now critics love it, but he was. T- I also read a good interview with him where he was like, "Critics are backtracking now after seeing it." Well, let me talk about how we watch it multiple yeah. times. They backtrack it like. No, it's really, it's one of my favorites. And he's like, well, where were you guys when I needed it? You know, where were you guys yeah. when I needed it? But I think it's funny. So anyway, so after that, he took a long break, six-year break. Mm-hmm. And uh, he made Kill Bill Volume 1. And Tyler, I'm going to give my my number first. Okay. Wait, no, you go to, I give my number first. You give your number first. You want me to give you my number first? I think I know exactly what it is. I mean, sorry for Kill Bill Volume 1. Uh, it's going to be my number two. I knew it was going to be number two. I knew you knew it was going to be my number two. It's my number nine. Okay. It's like, out of ten, it's my number nine. That, that's perfectly okay. I completely get it. Yeah. Um, and I think the reason it's my number nine is because I really like Kill Bill. I've just never under, I've never understood the love for it that people get. Okay. I think, I think it's, to me, it's Tarantino light. It's like... It's awesome action. Mm-hmm. It's 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 one of the things I will give it credit is that it's a ninety minute movie. Yes. Again, which is great, which I love. It's not two and a half hours, but I think it is. Um, it's all action, which is fine. But I think it's a little too much of a hodgepodge of too many styles into one movie. It's sort of like Tarantino on crack. It's like pure. It's like oh, it is. It's it like is Tarantino every, on everything. crack. Everything. It's everything. It's you know, and and and, and the action scenes I think are, are kinetic and awesome. But like, he'll throw in like cartoon sound effects. It, oh yeah, no, I know exactly what you're all, talking about. Yeah. And it's like it's like it it it, it um, like the bowling the bowling ones with uh, there's one where somebody hits a table and it's the bowling. It takes me down. out of the emotion big time, and I understand why people love it. But to me, it's like. Every stereotype about Tarantino comes from Kill Bill Volume One. Oh, it is. It's it's this. It's it's almost the start of what what is the start actually of what we see from Tarantino. Did I tell you I met Sonny Chiba today? What was it? I met Sonny Chiba today. The guy oh, who plays oh. Tori Hanzo. Yeah, I met him today. Yeah, he, that's awesome. Yeah, I got his autograph. He's really cool. Anyway, I love that. I, now that is the scene I love in Kill Bill is when she gets the sword made. That yeah. entire section when she goes to Japan is like. Some of my favorite. Was he at? Was he at the Alamo? Yeah, no, he was, yeah. he's at the he's at the con. I went to the Galaxy Con. Oh, the super. Yeah, con. I got oh, a okay, really, okay. I got a really okay. cool. Yeah, I got a really cool autograph. He was like super nice too. He sounded like. Is he? Is he in um uh, the new Marvel movie coming out? I thought I heard something. No. Oh no, that's oh. racist. Um, that's uh, the guy from Train to Busan. But you know, nice try. <laughs> I thought that he was in it. No, I don't know. It's not him though. Oh, it's it, not? in Shang Chi. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool if he was. I thought he was. I thought he was announced to be in it. Really? Yeah. What was his name again? Sonny Chiba. He's like a huge, he was a huge deal back in the seventies too. I thought he wasn't. Hold on. Sorry, guys. We gotta check this out. Sonny Chiba's gonna be in. Is that true? I just I just know I've seen that name recently. I feel like. And am I saw. No, it's not. Uh, no, no. It's it's, not. Okay. I don't. I don't know. But anyway, um, I must saw it in the Kill Bill credits and was like. <laughs> yeah, who Marvel? I couldn't think of that. Uh, Marvel. I also, I also know Kung Fu movies coming. Kind of no, I uh, but I I do love that stuff. I just 
I just always felt an emotional disconnect from Kill Bill. And maybe part of that is because I didn't grow up with samurai movies. Like, that's something I've gotten into recently. And Kung Fu movies in general. Yeah. Um, which I know Tarantino is a huge fan of. And, and I know you're more into that stuff. Yeah, I do really uh, love that stuff. And I, I, I've learned to love it. But I, I just... It, there's a disconnect for me in Kill Bill yeah. Volume 1. But why do, you, why do you put it in your number two? Why do I love it? Why is, yeah, um, why is it your favorite, the second favorite other than Reservoir? Uh... It's pretty weird because I, I got this uh, weird. It was it was one of the first Tarantino movies I ever saw. It was not the first. Um, I think actually, me and yours both was the first. Both of ours was in Glorious Bastards. Right? Yes, yeah, yeah. That was I I saw that one. That was my first Tarantino movie as well. Um, um, but it was like I think my second or third for, for, uh, one I saw and. For one thing, I kind of have this place in my heart for it because it almost sprung me into the idea of like loving like kung fu stuff. Like I just love the cool. action in it, and I was like, "Oh, this is crazy!" I was like, "I love. I want to see more movies like this." One of my favorite movies ever made is The Raid Two. Mm-hmm. It, it, well, it's my favorite action movie I think ever made. Yeah, and um, and that movie's got displays of action that are just beautiful. And I, I think that Kill Bill Volume One, even though it doesn't have the heart of two. And I fully get that. I really do. Like I understand. Well, you're not alone. Everyone prefers volume one over two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I also do completely acknowledge two has so much heart. In yeah. It compared to the first one, um, but I think for what the first one is trying to do, which is exactly what it's trying to do to me, it's, uh, it does really well. It, it's trying to execute this movie that's supposed to show off this character trying to get revenge and displaying the sheer amount of intimidation she can that they've even described it as that it's like the first one's literally meant to establish her character in this world and how this world works and the way we're going to work it style wise and how much just how intimidating she is as a person yeah and i think she is probably the most intimidating character ever put into a quentin tarantino movie yeah she's and um i think that the on a um this is kind kind of how i've been describing it to people now uh, and everybody's seen Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. It's so weird to bring that up, I know. But I'm going to make my point. Scott Pilgrim vs. the World to me, and and I... Uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World to me is that movie that everybody always says is the best video game movie that's not based on a video game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do not watch anime. But Kill Bill Volume 1... Is probably I, the closest. Is the, is the best live-action anime that's not based on any... Anything yeah. that's anime. That's true. And uh, it, it takes so much from that, even that whole entire sequence that is anime, that I think works literally perfectly. And people... The I, anime I just, uh, yeah. is great. And um, I think the art style is great. That, that actually feeds into the whole like, cartoon sound effects and stuff, too, if you think about it. Yeah. It's very anime. That, I think... And I totally get why those cartoon sound effects would not work for somebody. I really do. It's not that I don't think... Or I, just, I, just, I just think it's, it's a little much. Yeah. It feels like something a Tarantino... Um, impersonator would do someone who's trying to be mm-hmm. um it, i just think and maybe just because of that anime sequence that makes it kind of like a cartoon a little bit and then because they, they i think from the get-go they show off this movie is so over the top mm. the, with the with the knife fight and you constantly uh every single movement they make even their heads turning you hear the wind yeah you hear the wind yeah. sound effect and i think setting up how over the top this film is from the get-go got me just right into it I was like, I, I dig all, I dig all the sound effects. I dig everything that's going on. My biggest complaints, which are very, very nitpicky, to me, are, um, are, are the, um, are the way it's edited into chapters. I think it's totally unnecessary. Yeah, I also um, think that the whole out of order storytelling in that movie in particular it makes no sense. Yeah, 
I think he. I think he's just trying to do it, just kind of like, and kind of like in the way there's some movies where where Christopher Nolan does that, and um, weirdly enough, we were, we were talking about the comparison yeah. between the both in the very beginning. But Christopher Nolan sometimes uh, structures his movies weirdly, just for the sake I think of trying to write something in a way where he's like. Not just smart, but I think he's trying to challenge himself yeah. in a way, and I think Tarantino's trying to do that a little bit, even if it's unnecessary. Yeah. And um. But I, I, yeah, I, I just love the action. I think the final action sequence, the best one by far, in Kill Bill. Both of them, I think it might be my favorite Tarantino action sequence. Is the entire crazy eighty eight fight, yeah, that's great. and it never feels like, to me personally, like a lot of other movies do. Uh, where everybody could just charge at somebody, everybody could just do something. They even show literal shots where like everyone's charging her, and she'll do like the spin thing and like head everyone's swords out of yeah. the way and stuff. And it's just crazy to me because I'm like, you're literally showing us like nobody can do like everybody has to have like a, everyone has to try and hit her when she's yeah. vulnerable type deal. And then on top of that, the last thing I'd say is also I'm a huge fan of this kung fu movie named Hero. Uh, it's mm-hmm. called Hero. It's on Netflix right now, by the way. So if you ever want to check it out, okay, go ahead and watch it. It's a fantastic movie made in two thousand three, I think. Okay, I could be wrong. I could be, th- I could be thinking of Old Boy, to be honest. Okay. So, um, but Hero has a lot of those action sequences that feel like the part that's one of my favorite action parts in Kill Bill, where they're both standing on the um, on the railing of the, oh, of well, the hallway part, yeah, and they're yeah. both fighting. It has so much, and they're like jumping around each other. Day, yeah. yeah, they're just jumping around each other fighting. Yeah. And, and I love all that shit yeah. so much. That's cool. Let's do, let's do Kill Bill Volume 2 now. Kill Bill Volume 2. Where would you, uh, where would you rank? Wait, I'll, I'll go this time. Okay. I know you like Kill Bill Volume 2 more than Kill Bill Volume yes. 1. Yes. Uh, not by much, though. I mean, I do. I, I still like it. I still have... I don't love Kill Bill that much, but it's my number seven. Okay. What about you? My number four. Volume 2? Yeah. That high? Yeah. Wow, I really like Kill Bill. That's awesome. I, 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 <laughs> wow, uh, yeah. I got confused for a second. I forgot Kill Bill One was new number two, so I was yeah. like, "We've done, we've done." It's funny because we've we've done. Um, so you got my top four because it's the yeah, yeah. You got my top three already. Yeah, um, yeah. Volume two to me is just uh, to me it's it's the it's the meat of the story. It's the yeah. it's it's a little messy in it, but I just I love. Um, I love the fight scene in the, uh, the RV. It's so great. I love Michael Madsen in it. I love like pulls out her eyes. So <laughs> just grabs on it. it with her feet. <laughs> uh, it's great. I love um, and I love the whole entire. I think I think some people always disappoint with two because they they want what they wanted was a big Bill versus Beatrix fight, and I think mm. the thing about that is. Um, that's not very interesting to me. Like we've already seen, it's that. not at all. It's yeah. not, and I, I, I like, I love that that Tarantino, Tarantino makes you. You don't see Bill at all the first movie, and the second one he makes you kind of fall in love with Bill, and you kind of learn to really like him, and you're like, wait a second, I really like him, and 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 I think even he he puts Beatrix in that position. That whole twist that her daughter's still alive, and that whole scene when she still sees her daughter again. I think Emma Thurman's incredible in this movie. I think she's so good, and I think that whole entire dialogue between her and uh, uh, Bill makes the movie to me, which is the whole scene where she does the five mm-hmm. part technique and he, she does this whole, um, he does this thing about, you know, how do I look? And she's like, you look ready. And he's, and she's like, you know, oh, guys, my favorite line ever, which is, it breaks my heart every time. Um, it's when she does the thing mm-hmm. that when she basically kills him with the five finger heart technique. Yeah. And she says, he goes, you learned that. Why didn't you tell me? 
he's bleeding out of his mouth. She goes, I don't know, because I'm a bad person. She's crying. And then he says, no, no, you're not. You're not a bad person. You're my favorite person. He goes, but sometimes you can be a real cunt. I just, I love, like, I just love that. I love that. Oh, it's fantastic. And and she, like, laughs. I just, oh, God. That, that to me, is, like, so great. But that, that, that's really all I have to say about Kill Bill 2, because my love for that movie really comes from the final, maybe, 45 minutes of that movie. I would say this. I love it. I'd say my love for it comes from yes that final the final forty minutes or so like the rest is good too but that um and the uh name uh uh highway or oh yeah the that. whole training stuff yeah the training stuff the, I kind of love because it's just so degrading yeah. <laughs> it's so like so like yeah he just you it's painful that whole is a yeah painful and it's like scene. it's like seeing her like he has like her arm and he's like he's like. He, he just, he's constantly verbally abusing her, keep yeah. pushing her down to this level where it's like, where it's like, you are literally like nothing. Yeah. Like you need to learn. And it almost justifies legitimately how good she is at what she does in volume one and how much she is. It really does just expand. It's There's that great thing. scene when he makes her, she can't eat the rice because she's in so much pain. She's going to use her hands. Yeah, that's like, great. Like, if you want to eat like a dog, you've got side to eat. That's like, <laughs> so she like has to, she has to forcefully pick up the chopsticks. I, I love volume two. That's cool. But yeah, yeah, I, I think we're both in agreement that we like volume two a lot. Volume, yeah, volume two is. Really I know you like volume one more, but I think we both agree that. Oh yeah, and that um, and the the whole the the child twist I do love. Yeah, the child twist. I still think I still think my I think Uma Thurman's best performance though is Pulp Fiction. I mean, out of all of his. Wow. Movies. Okay. She, which is amazing. I, just, um, I think emotionally, I was always more. I think the reason why I think her, I think it's literally just due to the adrenaline shot scene. And that's she's it. incredible because I think she's that. fucking fantastic she is, in she that is. scene. I will say the, the thing the re- again the reason though the Kill Bill one two is low is because the Kill Bill series to me is just not my favorite, and I also think that um, I, I do think it, it, it lags in the very beginning and they get better. Kill Bill I, I would agree. I Kill Bill volume one starts with a bang literally because we found it, but Kill Bill, but volume two takes a while. To get volume two is a little bit longer, and yeah. I feel like it kind of drags just a bit. It does, but but I still really like it. Oh, and one last thing I want to talk about with that yeah, one. Yeah. yeah. Is the uh, graveyard sequence? Oh yeah, she bangs the. Yeah, I, I love how they connect that with the uh, Piway. Did training. you notice that the name on the um, graveyard? Because you know Tarantino is like the same world. Yes. And the name on the gravestone is Schultz, which is Doctor King Schultz from. Uh, oh really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I just noticed it was Paula something. Paula Schultz. Paula it's King Schultz's Schultz. wife that he talks about, like in the lead. Oh, that's here. crazy. That's yeah. awesome. Okay, um, let's do after that. Is Death Proof? So I'll do a quick on this. You've yeah, you'll seen... you'll do a quickie on. A quick, 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 quick Josh review Josh. in the middle. Uh, quick Josh review interruption in the middle of the podcast for Death Proof. Tyler's never seen Death Proof. Death Proof so it's my number ten. So it's number <laughs> It is also my number ten. But I think Death Proof is sort of like meant to be his number ten. Like mm-hmm. it's it's part of a two part grindhouse experiment. Okay. To be a throwback to these kind of low budget grimy grindhouse movies, mm-hmm. and uh, but I do love it. I think. Uh, Kurt Russell is fucking awesome. I'm a huge Kurt Russell fan, so it's like just so fun to see him in something. And I think the reason I would recommend it is because of him. His performance is fantastic, and it's just fun seeing him be a bad guy. You know, he's a really good bad yeah. guy. There's a scene early on when he kills the first person. It really is a serial killer movie with a car. Um, it's really fun. It it, it 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 it's like an hour and twenty some odd minutes. It's super short, um, which is I think it's fine that he even qualifies it as one of the movies of his movies um, because it's so short. Yeah, I remember we. I didn't think it was. Yeah, because he qualifies volume one, volume two as two as one, one movie. Film. So yeah. technically, that's why the uh, West Point Thomas is his ninth film. Yeah. Um, but I, I love Death. I I do love a lot. Of, I do think it's 
his weakest movie, but again, kind of by default, because there's not a lot of substance to it. I do think it also has an issue where, even for such a short uh, runtime, and for a movie that is so kind of trashy, he wants to prove that he's still Tarantino, so he still has these long dialogue scenes mm-hmm. that are like, which I love because I will hear him talk, but for me that's that short and about this, the, it's like, yeah, they don't need to have it be like, yeah, they need to, need to be yeah. there, but it, it, the punctuation on that movie is one of the best car chase scenes in modern movie history that probably wasn't beaten until Fury Road. It's a really? fantastic car chase. That's it's crazy. Like, awesome. And Zoe Bell, who's, um, she's in uh, tons of his stuff, she's also once upon a time Hollywood, she's a, uh, Russell's wife in that flashback okay. scene um, she's a stunt woman in real life too and she um, does all her own stunts in this scene where she has to hang on to the top of a roof of a car with nothing yeah. but a belt it, it's a cr- and, and Russell slam his car into him and he's just freaking out it's great and it's, it has one of, uh, like one of the most um, uh, uh, um, intentionally cheesy endings that I love so uh, Death Proof is really good it's, it's, it's not great but it's, it's definitely worth checking out so that's, that's my number 10 it's his that weakest is... movie, but by default. Yeah, I still think it's weird that he considers Volume One, Volume One, and Volume Two the same film, especially because we were talking about how tonally different they're so they different. Are. Yeah, they're very. But different he did movies. film them as one movie, and the studio yeah. forced him to shut it down. So I guess Lord of the Rings, the entire series, right. is just one film now. Okay, so let's see. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, what was after, after Death Proof? It's a glorious bastard. Glorious bastards, which is considered by many to be his one of his best. Where would you rank it? I would uh, strongly disagree with that, but it's wow, strongly okay. Yeah. Wow, because um, I thought I was going to be the one who had like the hot take of the glorious bastard. But go ahead. What's your number nine? Wow! Whoa! <laughs> number nine. Hot take, boy. <laughs> yeah, we're Twitter over here. Um, I'm I'm putting it number six, and let me just say my top six are. If anyone told me in my top six that it was their favorite one, I'd get it. It's one of those things where it's interchangeable to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but you go first. Why is it number nine? Okay, I, wow. I, I yeah, it's number nine for me. Uh, it's got my favorite. That means it's your least favorite because you've never seen Death Proof. Yeah. Wow. Okay. It's uh, it's has my favorite Tarantino intro. I'll tell you, I'll give it that. Yeah, that's a fantastic. I think I think the intro and that whole entire milk milk sequence is, oh my god. <laughs> yes. And I'm not gonna lie, for the first third of it, I was loving the absolute shit out of it. Yeah. Like I thought it was extraordinarily good. Yeah. Um. It's pretty crazy though because I have uh, I have there's a lot of stuff that I feel like it hits lows on for me. Okay. And when I say that, I mean I can I like literally going into specifics. Um, we got the whole entire scene with uh, with Mike Myers and Michael, Michael Fassbender, which I fucking hate. Okay. I cannot stand. I think it's one of those unnecessary flashbacks. Yeah. Um, yeah. and and I almost say it's unnecessary because a lot of people would be like, well, it sets up what they're doing in the movie and stuff like that. So it is. But they say it multiple times. In the- but. Not only that for me, but also those characters themselves are so expendable in the film yeah. itself that I feel like they really don't serve much of a purpose besides having an amazing sequence, the whole entire table sequence yeah, with the officer. Yeah, they're playing the game. And, and the worst part, about, worst part about it for me is I love that fucking scene. I really do. But I don't think it's... I don't think it really... It's like, is that necessary at all mm-hmm. for the film? Like, I don't think it is. Okay. And a lot of the scenes I honestly love don't feel that necessary in the overall film. Okay. They don't. They don't feel like... And, and a lot of the characters they develop like that scene, they just all fucking die. So I'm like, oh, like like, like all the conversations they have and all the dialogue they have, which is so interesting to me and so fun for me to listen to, they all fucking die right at the very end of the scene anyway. That is true that Glorious Bastards is probably the hardest one to, like, choose characters out of. Yes. 
That um, is very except with the exception of the two uh, Aldo Rain and Brad Pitt's brother and um, Christoph Waltz. You know what's weird? After I was done watching the movie, and I don't know a lot of people's opinions about Inglorious Bastards. I don't. Um, I never knew that people really. Oh, dude, it. it's like people. Um, people love it. I never knew people loved it. People consider it like one of the best films um, of the 2000s. When I was watching Aldo, Brad Pitt's character, that's his name. Yeah, Aldo Rain. Um, I thought people would hate him when I was watching it. I actually liked it. It's him. such an over the top performance. I like, yeah, that but was my that was my thing. His, his performance is so over Pitt. the top and I was thinking people were just gonna dislike him. I was like, people people don't like him. I was like, but you know, I'm I'm the, I'm the out person of this. I love that character and then I find out I'm like, oh, you told me everybody loves the voice but I was like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, um, it. <laughs> I think I think with the exception of Seven, the David Fincher film, I think Brad Pitt's a terrible actor. I think he's yeah. a really great screen presence but I think he's a terrible actor. And Inglourious Bastards is no different, mm-hmm. but he's playing it over the top in a way only he could. And yeah. he's so like, it's not a he's not good, but he's 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 doing exactly what he should exactly, be doing. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. His presence is so good yeah. there. Yeah, this this that's just that for country. Oblige him. Well, my favorite ones is uh, is... I do love Donnie Donowitz, played by Eli Roth. Strangely enough, um, the guy with the baseball bat. That's like one of the best. Uh, that scene is fantastic. I, I think um, I disagree. I, I do think it's I do still think it's fantastic. I think it's um, I think it, it, it's one of his most tense films. I think it's just there's this real tension. I love the storyline of the um, Jewish woman getting revenge. I love the whole. I set. think it's all fantastic. All I the set, that's my favorite stuff. All the movies, the the theater burning and all that. Love stuff and, story, and yeah. just the way that whole story is set up with the whole Nazi that's kind of lusting after her and I think love it's it. I love all her. love all that stuff. I love the ending. I love. Um, I think my issue with Inglorious Bastards, though, is that um, I don't re- don't feel the need to revisit it that often. And I also think that if it was as good as everyone says it is to me, um, it would have been because it was the first Tarantino movie I ever saw. Yeah, it would have been my jumping, both of us. Yeah, it would have been my jumping off point, but it wasn't. I saw it like a year or two after it came out. My dad showed it to me. And I said, that was pretty good. I said, that was really good. Yeah. But I did not, like, have this desire, I have to, I have to see more Tarantino. Mm-hmm. That came later. After, yeah. That came with Django. Yeah. And, and so, I like it a lot. I think it just, there's, I do think it um, is structurally very sound. I don't think it feels like other movies that he's done recently where they, it feels too long. Yes. I feel like it's very, um, but I, 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 I do agree. There, there's the disconnect with the characters. There's a very yeah, but I do love it. I still, and I think I think we haven't mentioned Christoph Waltz's um, uh, Hans Landa, who I think is so fantastic. And he's the reason yes, he was I, I love him. Um, he's the reason he got some awards with us. Uh, I will say that um, there's also uh, I do not care for the decision for him to try and help up the Americans mm. at all. That was actually something that I I. And I think the reason that why... comes out nowhere, too. I think the thing I dislike about it so much is that you get introduced to this character, and he's literally comparing Jews to rats. At least as far as I remember. Yes, but he's also, he also has respect for Jews, though. He says he, that. Well, yes, yes, but but I think that... He said that. The point he of it is that he's, he's literally, like... His position in all this is so, like, assertive. Did you think he really was going to, or you think he was bullshitting them the whole time? Do you think even that was the even double crossing him? I think he was going to. That's what I think. Too. That's what I think. I think there was this whole entire like respect to it almost, where he was like, "Oh yeah, like we're I'm gonna help you guys out." Blah blah. They never actually confirm whether or not he's going to do it or not. But um, 
But I think he was going to, and that's kind of what I don't care about. Okay. I really don't, because I'm like, this whole entire dude, we're saying that this guy who's so high up, who's, who's, um, has such, like, seems to have such a devotion to what he's doing. Mm. He's just going to be like, oh, back down, yeah, I'm going to go help out them, because th- they could give me a better offer. Deal. And I just don't care for that. And, um. I also think, sorry. No, you're all good. I think it's. One of the movies where Tarantino's pretension shines through big time. And there are two examples of that. One is the only movie where in a modern song is played that I'm, I get visibly annoyed. It's when they play the David Bowie song. I'm like, when they're getting oh, yeah, ready, yeah, I'm, like, I'm like, I'm like, ugh. That's the only time. I'm like, I don't care whether they play rap in Django, I'm, I'm always like, are you kidding me? Um, when they do that in Inglourious Bastards, because I think it feels so out of place. And two, I didn't notice this to point out to me, and now I can never not see it. The final, but Tarantino has always said that Glorious Bastards is his best script, and he's always felt that it's his best movie. And literally, the final shot and the last line in the movie is Brad Pitt looking right into camera and going, "You know, this may just be my masterpiece." Written and directed by Quentin Tarantino. I just like question like I'm always like that's. So, I never thought about that. It's so like oh. My God, we get it. <laughs> I've never like, thought about that. That's my crazy. point. Like, oh, my oh God, it's so annoying. So that's uh, yeah, that's what I feel like. Yeah, um, but I don't have much to say. I mean, that's the thing about Glorious Bastards. I I love a lot of scenes in it, but I don't have much, as much to say about it as some people do. Yeah, I just rewatched it recently, and I I, I never knew people loved it. That's kind of crazy. It. I it's never a lot knew people. Favorite. I never knew people loved it, and um, yeah, I just uh, I did not feel the same exact way about it. Not at all. Yeah, I I felt that um. I did not. I think big things for me were just that character change with with Doctor with a. Uh, I'm gonna call him Schultz. It was Hanzo. Hanzo. Uh, I was gonna call him Schultz because of Django. But um. Uh, Hans Landa. Hanzo. 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 <laughs> but, uh, sorry, I was thinking. There of, needs to be a super cut of just the names. You got it wrong. Uh, I guess. I was thinking of uh, uh, Hondo from Rebels. Star Wars. Jesus Rebels. Christ! I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um. Uh, oh, see the guy who's in Clone Wars too. The one with the, Duh! You know, he's the Gosh, one, what are he's you... The, he's the one who... When I, I'm going to Galaxy Days in October, I'm so excited. Oh I mean, my god. I know, he's the, one, he's the one who introduces the smugglers one, right? Yes, I know, so yeah, excited. he does. Okay, sorry. Uh, you're you're all good. Um, uh, Star Wars... Side Star Wars, man! I'm just sorry, kidding. No, <laughs> but, um, yeah, the... Uh, I don't care for that. I do not care for... At all. I don't care that it's split up into chapters at all. I think it's, I think it's dumb. I, I really do. I don't like it. I, I think the only movies I've ever cared for that is Wes Anderson films, to be honest with you. Um, and uh, I also think that the... Even though there's some fantastic stuff, and I love the intro to death, um, I think, yeah, like we were saying, there's this huge disconnect of those characters, and I hate how there's just certain scenes to me that, unlike other Quentin Tarantino movies, they feel like they're just expanding upon characters in the film. Yeah. They feel pointless to me. Mm. in this movie and even if they're fantastic they feel like moments to me yeah it's a moment movie so alright yeah. well let's move on to Django 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 so, um, I guess who who started the ranking last time was it me I don't care who we'll, okay. s- we'll say it was right, me Tyler, you Tyler, go Tyler you go you go uh, fine fuck you uh, <laughs> it is it is my number five. It is also my number five. It's everyone's number five. It is we were really looking up rankings. And we um, somebody else number five. I, I, but I do love it a lot. Yes. There's a lot of it I love. Um, 
I think I will get I will get the thing I don't like out of the way immediately. Okay. Which is I I, I it's way too long. It could, that's true. It should cut out right when the shootout happens in Candyland. Yeah, and that's like thirty more minutes. It's like thirty more <laughs> minutes. That being said, there is some good stuff in that final thirty minutes. But none of it's necessary. Oh, yeah. Absolutely none of it. The movie totally could have ended. Not the Quentin Tarantino. The movie totally out. could have ended the same way it ends, in that, at the end of that shootout. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? They totally could have found a way. There's no reason for that to happen. I hate, I hate the Tarantino cameo too. But it is also the first movie on a personal level. Is the first Tarantino movie I ever saw in theaters. It's also the one first one that got me into Tarantino. If it wasn't for Django Chain, I wouldn't have gone back and watched. It's basically all the same stuff for me. Yeah, and it is. So that's um, Kill Bill was kind of the one that got me. Into I them. I think it is so. Maybe other than. Pulp Fiction is one of those most rewatchable movies. Just so entertaining and and um, a movie you can't stop watching and and it, and it is it is big. It's mean. It's a little. It's it's. Very non PC, and I don't mean that in a way that's like fuck yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's definitely not for everyone, and and and, and, and there is definitely a debate for whose place is this to tell black stories about slavery from the mind of a white man. Like, yeah, that's a totally fair argument. Um, and I do think he does have a little too much fun exploiting it, but I still think it's a fantastic movie, and I still think it is just so epic in scale. It's really his. Ep- it's an epic. It's just such a big sprawling western and um it's the western he's always wanted to make because he's a big western guy and it uh yeah it's just so it's fantastic i think um features some of the best performances christoph waltz Mm -hmm. is great jimmy fox who i used to give a lot of shit for it upon rewatching it he's actually fantastic and um obviously dicaprio and sam jackson just being great in that makeup oh they're amazing yeah sam jackson looks so different he's so evil it's just it's great. It's um, it falls in the same traps that all the movies do, but I still really love it. Even with that final forty minutes, I I just I it's a movie that I I listen to the soundtrack all the time. I I I, re- I really dig it. It's, mm-hmm. it's definitely it's ground zero for my my admiration of Tarantino. But yeah, I would say I agree with a lot of what you said. I think that the reason why, and we were, you were mentioning that whole entire, because uh, I do know about that. There's this whole entire debate about that film about, like, the way it portrays, you know, the whole entire, like, slavery yeah. and how it makes the spaghetti western out of it right. and all that stuff. Um, I think, for me, what reason why it kind of works is because a lot of the slavery stuff is treated with such a seriousness mm-hmm. on it, but then the other stuff with other characters has the fun entertainment value. Yeah. And, but a lot of the times, like, for example, like, when they have... Uh, uh, Broomhilda locked up and they pour the water on her and stuff it's not it's not done like this ha ha man that was cool well that's the thing I wanted to get into too is that Tarantino does a really good job of understanding when to pull back and when to know this is you can't this is this this violence you're looking at is not cathartic and over the top this is this means to be real and I think he does a really good job of that like I think even the flashback stuff when they show them getting tortured as slaves it's done very like you don't see close-ups of it. You don't see. You just. See it, it, it's very um, real and raw and dark and and all the stuff from Hilda is like. It's hard to watch as it should be. The Mandingo yes. fight is. Terrible. Yeah, no, it's great. It, it's it, it great in wow, the yeah. <laughs> Mandy. No. no, but it's it's Jesus. great in the way it portrays how how horrible this is exactly. And then when he, but when he's killing the slavers, he's killing the white guy. That's when it's like that's when it's like a blast. It's and like that, yeah. That's why I have this level of like 
okay, this is why it works for me. Yeah. Because if you were going to take those things and be like, man, look at this badass fight, I'd be like, oh my god, like, what am I watching? Yeah. But you see, like, Leo, like, screaming at him and everything, it's like, oh my god. Yeah, it's like, really... it's horrible, like... Yeah, and DiCaprio's really good in that, too. DiCaprio's fantastic. I love, too, that DiCaprio is based, is playing a villain. I think that's such a cool change. I, th- I think it just shows the power of Tarantino that he gets on his biggest... I think, uh, I think that... Well, there's a lot of people that argue about, like, when Leo deserved an Oscar. It's weird enough that, um... To me, it was either Django or Wolf of Wall Street. Was I think Wolf of Wall Street. I yeah. think Wolf of Wall Street was it for me. Yeah. Revenant always bothers me, because... Revenant... I read this great article that said the Revenant is basically just art house jackass yeah and it kind of is because that's all it is it's like look at me eat this raw bison yeah like, that's what I always talk about I tell him I'm like you're 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 an actor because you're supposed to be able to eat chocolate and pretend it's bison yeah, not, not, like, not, not literally just eating it on screen I was yeah. like, like you might as well just say the fear factor people are are their oh, Oscar worthy guys out here yeah. but um that, that was off topic about Leo um and he's also in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood but um yes. and um so with Brad Pitt yes and um but I do love Django. It is a ground zero kind of thing for me, too. It, it's it's kind of like I saw Kill Bill. Then after I watched Django, it, it was, those were my jumping pad for Quentin Tarantino. That's cool. And um, the last thing I can think about it, really, is uh, I love the intro. Yeah. I, I love... I love uh, there's... Sorry. There's a scene I saw it with my dad when I saw it. He took, yes. me, he took me the day... He took me on New Year's Day of 2013. Mm-hmm. And there's the scene where they play a Jim Croce song. I got a name when Django puts his outfit on. He gets his, like, it's his saddle. It's after he kills, um, and they're gonna go to this. And he finally is like, is his own person now. And my dad talks about that scene probably like once a week. He's like, oh my god, it's one of the best scenes ever. Because like as a kid, he's listening to that music, see that in the movies. Oh my god, and that really is a great sequence. Like that that movie is a wonderful use of music and the way Tarantino always does have music in movies and yeah. there is rap in the movie like Rick Ross and stuff but it works it totally works that movie yeah I do agree with you about the shootout thing the movie definitely overstays its welcome it and you even to... feel like it's the ending like you're like oh this is the end yeah, and, and then it just keeps on going and also to it the movie is also so even for as long as it's so well paced and then it gets to that final and it just drags um the last thing I can think of and this is uh off topic but about Django because this pisses me off um but um I was doing a, a HQ the other day the fucking uh, 9 p.m. the quiz fucking app yeah. thing. And um, I got to question like 11 or something. And it, it was a Django question. I, I missed it. I was so close to winning because there's only 12 questions. Oh, dude, and they did a. The question was Who was the actor in Django that uh, that has a horse that is his own that he rides? That's Jamie uh, Foxx, right? Yeah, I thought it was Christoph Waltz. Um. And. Um, I said it just because he's some old fucking white dude. And I was like, he probably has some far <laughs> no, dude, Fox lives in Texas too. Yeah, that was weird. That was like, it was because like the way I see him in like Baby Driver and stuff like that, he's fucking like bats and shit. Yeah. I'm like, oh, like, this guy doesn't own a farm. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, yeah, we can move on to Hateful Eight. Eight. Yes. Um, my Hateful Eight, ironically, is number eight. Ooh, my Hateful Eight is number seven. Interesting. Okay. What was your number eight? Oh, well, we got one more movie left. Oh, right. Uh, and you're number four? All right, we'll go to that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, Uh Yeah, um, I think we're both pretty close on this one. So, I... Uh, I have a weird thing with Hateful Eight. I... The first time I saw it, I did not know how I felt. 
I really walked out of that movie not that impressed. I was mm-hmm. like, I think the ending, I think the final act of the movie still bothers me. That was one you didn't see in 70 millimeter frame, right? No, I was bummed. I, 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 I saw here's the thing: it, you saw it in 70 millimeter? Yeah, I saw it in 70 millimeter. Oh, I got the overture and everything. The reason that's cool. The reason that I didn't do that was because it was the week of Star Wars, and I was like, I don't give a shit about. It. I was, I was like, sorry, Jerry, I did not. <laughs> yeah, you're good. Force Awakens. It's Force Awakens week. Like, go see my art house Star yeah, Wars film. Sorry, I mean, no offense to Tarantino, but it will always be Star Wars. Um, but I, I liked Hateful Eight. I, I, I took someone I was dating at the time to see it, and um, she loved it. And I was like, I just didn't. And she'd never seen a Tarantino movie at that point, I don't think. But that was her, that was her jump pad. Yeah, but she loved, and she loved it. And I just felt that it was, it's intentionally mean-spirited, which I get. And I love, I, again, a movie, it, there's no Tarantino movie I don't like, really. I mean, I, everyone, I, I, I'm entertained by it. But I was very just, um... I, I really think the, you mentioned the other day how the finale of the movie feels like an Eli Roth movie yeah. and it does that whole just hanging of Daisy and stuff is really it's just too much is that, Eli Roth in his movies the same as like the Eli Roth the one in, in Glorious Bastards yeah that's Eli that is the director Eli that's Roth. the director I, I've always wondered that I've yeah. always been like he's actually, that? A cool, he's actually a cool dude he's just yeah, a terrible he filmmaker is, he's a bad filmmaker yeah um, well He's made some okay stuff. I don't know. I don't like Last Exorcism. Is that what you're talking about? Oh, God, no. No, 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 no. I'm talking about um, the first uh, Sleepaway Camps, okay? I never saw it. First like, Sleepaway Camps. Um, and actually, yeah. Uh, anyway. But, um, but he... Sorry, you like Roth, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. Um, but I, just, I, but I but that being said, I love the first, like, two-thirds of that movie, and I love the tension building in that movie. That's a movie where... And we'll get into this with the next one, I'm sure. Where the... the the violence, the need to have a big violent shootout at the end is just so, like, boring to me. It's like, kook. And it gets so gory. And they, like, hang her, and it's so over the top and stupid. But I, but that being said, I, I love the tension building. And I, again, someone who loves Kurt Russell, I think it's so good, good Kurt Russell. I think Sam Jackson's fantastic. Walton Goggins is, like... I love Kurt Russell's mustache. Oh, yeah. I love how he, like, touches it. Like, that one gets mad. And I love, too, that that movie's another movie where it's it's over the top violence but when Kurt Russell hits Daisy it's like oh it's you, brutal you feel it's it. so brutal it's not meant to be funny it's like and, and that's the thing I love about it is that even the people who are considered heroes in the west are still terrible people because that's that's his sort of it. it's him so looking back John Ruth the hangman yeah he's looking back he's looking woman. back at this time of, of the western the revisionist look of like it wasn't that great it was it was not that it was not this amazing time yeah. where men were men and it was it really it's hard it's really a, a a mean time where men beat women and and uh, the n word is set around. It's almost like the medication from Django. Yeah, and almost. it doesn't. It, yeah. I I love the hateful. It doesn't tell you how to feel. It's just like mm-hmm. it's it's definitely his meanest movie. It's a oh mean, yeah, it's, it's a, a very mean fucking movie. Uh, but I, which I, I think that's kind of the point after Django. Yeah, especially which, which I respect. I just don't think I think the final act falls apart. I I I, I generally think it falls apart. Mm-hmm. But that's uh, but I still like it a lot. Yes, I think that this is the best example of a uh, Tarantino-isms that get in the way of filmmaking mm-hmm. in my in my mind, which is uh, it's got a bunch of Tarantino-isms that I think get in the way, mm-hmm. and that is uh, all the way from the flashback in the second act that I think goes on. It's not even that necessarily it's completely unneeded, but it's that it's completely goes on for way too long. Cause it's a whole entire chapter of the film. It's like twenty five minutes. It's ridiculous. Um, the yeah. whole flashback. Yeah, and, that's um, rid- yeah, I'm, I'm and. Uh, 
the film is way too long. That's become a Tarantinoism to me now, because now he's almost been like trying to make films longer and longer and longer yeah. than he does, and, and it's reaching a point where I'm just like, ugh, like I, I don't, I don't want to sit here and watch this for this long. And I like long movies, but like, dear God, dude. Yeah. And um, other ones is the overly grotesque gore and the the amount of violence and the amount of like inter- entertainment level violence that he's trying to the do. Treatment of Daisy at the end. Yeah. I get she's a horrible person, but it gets really like rough. And it's just, it's not even like. It's it's just not some it's completely different and I hate the music during that segment too I really do I hate that I hate the, the, the <laughs> well the, whenever whenever they're hanging here the they're, they're playing like this violence like, yeah. like, like, like what? I really do wonder this? if he was making a straight up horror movie because it, yeah. it is a, it is a thing parody but it becomes like but they're like laughing joking around about it. I'm like what am I watching and I get it like, like they're tell me what the feel right it, now they're, they're hateful late they're all horrible, yeah but. But I don't know. There's just, it, it's hard to relate to a character. Um, that being said, I still I still enjoyed it a lot. I, That's whole, the whole Abe Lincoln letter thing is so great. In the moment when mm-hmm. um, when uh, when Kurt Russell finds out it's not real, oh, it kills me every time. Mm-hmm. He throws the soup in her face. That's great. There's, the, there's great stuff in it. The, but I just don't think it works overall. Uh, I was trying to remember because I totally there's um oh the other thing. Get someone. This has been a thing ever since after Jackie Brown. I haven't talked about it for any of his movies because this one I think it excited of excels the most. Something I don't. I don't like something he's really good at. No, something he excels at being bad at. Okay. But um, but, um, <laughs> at being but, uh, but I mean, he's not, he's not a bad filmmaker whatsoever. And that's but why we, I we do like about the movie though. Right? Yeah, 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 I do like. Like, the if movie. you were to give it a rating, what would you give it? I, like I would give it an eight. I give it an eight as well. Oh my god! I would give it a solid. It's ranked number eight. Hateful eight out of hateful ten. The Tarantinoism that I was talking about was. He writes characters mega simplistic. Yeah. After after about Jackie Brown. Uh, weirdly enough, even though it's not as high up on my list, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood kind of throws out the window for me. Yeah. He writes very much uh, more complex characters. I agree. And uh, yeah, I I think Cable Light's the most prominent of that almost, which yeah. is weird because it's like I always describe it as this because people will be like, "Well, what do you mean?" And I'm like, "Well, you got Confederate man." Who really does not like Samuel Jackson? Yeah, and then you got like a free black man, and they're both going to yell at each other, and it's like I don't know. And rewatch it, it's very, it's very, it's very easy to write arguments around that. It's very easy to write people who hate yeah. each other, and I also think I think though that's a product. Sorry, I think it's a product of having like. A lot of characters, though, is you want them that to is be, true. All them be distinct. Yeah, that is true. Um, but I'd also say, this doesn't have to do with the simplicity of it. But um, the uh, when I'm rewatching it today, it's kind of funny because there's a couple of sequences, like the one where everybody's puking up blood, <laughs> and um, and nobody else is reacting, which I find funny. That is true. Yeah. There's like no shots of anybody like, oh my god. They're puking up blood. Like there isn't even like the people who didn't do it. Like there's not even like a Samuel Jackson. Like holy shit. <laughs> like or anything like that. It's always like almost every single confrontation in that movie to me feels so in between. And I I get it. Maybe it's because they wanted to feel in between two characters. But there's also like six other fucking characters in the yeah. damn room. And like so like the scene where like he's talking about oh your son sucked my dick and he like shoots him at the very end, which is great. It, but there's like nobody's even reacting to it. Yeah. Like there's nobody who's like. Holy shit! He just shot the fucking dude in yeah. the chest. It's like nobody cares. Yeah, and so that kind of bothers me a little bit, just atmospherically. 
even though I get why he writes it that way. Yeah. But yeah, that's always been something I've never been really a big fan of, especially after Jackie Brown, was just the simplicity of a lot of the that's characters that's that show up. Yeah. But we can move on to the big one. Okay, before we do this... Yes. I want to go through the top ten again. Just like you want to go. Okay. So and we'll, we'll, throw, we'll throw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in our top okay. ten. So you, want, you go ahead. Go ahead. Go okay. From one to ten. I already know we're going to be so different off with what's fine time Hollywood. Yeah, we already know the answers, I think. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Um, number one, Reservoir Dogs. Yep. Number two, Volume 1. Number three, Pulp Fiction. Number four, Volume 2. Number five, Django. Number six, Jackie Brown. Number seven, Hateful Eight. Number eight, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And number nine, Inglorious Bastards. And then ten. And definitely. ten, Never Saw It. <laughs> uh, so me would be one, Pulp Fiction... Two mm-hmm. Jackie Brown, three Reservoir Dogs, four uh, One Spot Time in Hollywood, five Django Unchained, six uh, what was six, Inglorious Bastards, seven um, I can pull it up again, seven Kill the Volume Two, eight Hateful Eight, nine Kill the Volume One, and ten Death Proof. Okay. Okay. How do we begin? Okay. So for one thing, this is gonna have spoilers. So yes. Big, about big that. Time. Big time, all spoilers for the whole entire film. And even though this film doesn't really have like a clear indication of a plot, definitely like the last thirty minutes you could spoil yeah, this entirely. Definitely, yeah, yeah. The, the, this, the, the final thirty minutes of this movie are the movie. Really, the, yeah. Like the big thing that you don't want to talk about. Yeah. Uh, but we're gonna talk about. We're gonna talk about it anyway. It's a big part okay. of the movie. Well, I'm gonna start off with you because you can talk about everything you love about it. The tribute to Hollywood. I'm just no, no, no. <laughs> I know exactly. I, I get why somebody would love it. To be honest, I. Though. So I just saw it. Like I literally came I, from the yeah. theater. It came, came straight here. here. Came straight here. So yeah. I'm still reeling, and, and and it is it is sort of I I have it number four right now. I don't know. Maybe I need to. Maybe I need to think about it more because I do love Django. But it really reminded me of the OG Tarantino stuff that I love. Mm-hmm. One because it it doesn't. It's not that structured. It's very just kind of you're following these people through their day yep. and I love that I really because the whole a, a good 75% of the movie is just one day Yeah, there's other stuff that happens at the beginning and the end that's throughout the year couple of years you know, six months or whatever but it's it's very like structured in one day and I really love that and it, um, it there were parts where it dragged a little I, I definitely again I think it could be cut down it could be mm-hmm. cut down he needs to learn how to cut down but um, there were just these moments that I was really into it I love the relationship between Cliff and Rick. Um, yeah, they were great. They were so great, and I loved the entire everything with Rick Dalton on the set of the uh, show. The Western show was fantastic. I thought Leo DiCaprio was amazing mm-hmm. in this. I like that whole freak out scene. He is my favorite I've seen him since Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, he's so good. That whole scene where he just can't get the line, and he, he just keeps fucking going. What's so great is they film the whole scene like it's already been filmed, and then he's just like line. <laughs> he just like screws up this really yeah. dramatic scene. And the whole relationship with the little girl, that whole segment mm-hmm. is so wonderful. Um, I think the Manson stuff, um, we'll get to the ending, seemed pointless until the end. And okay. and you're like, oh. And that, I'm not saying, that doesn't give away my opinion on how I feel with this. No, no, I, I But it, it just I means it. in terms of the story, like, oh, yeah, that's why it's there. Yeah. Um, that was the that was the um, landing for it when it like jumps off. Yes, because I was like, because there was a point where I was like, where is this going? Yeah. The, I know this Manson's involved with this but how in the hell is this going to all come together you know Sharon Tate's and that's Sharon like Tate, but that Sharon Tate 
I thought Sharon Tate was wonderful. I thought that sequence where she goes at the Margot Robbie's that scene where she watches her movie, mm-hmm. and you just see the joy in her face, like when she's just because yeah. I think that's the thing the movie did really well is that it really didn't because I was reading the articles right how it didn't just want to make Sharon Tate a murder victim or just the mm-hmm. murdered wife of Roman Polanski. They really wanted to make her own person who loved who loved to have fun, loved to see herself in movies, was excited. I thought Margot Robbie was fantastic. I I think the whole argument that she doesn't have enough lines. Is, is dumb I don't because mm-hmm. I don't think that's a sexist choice I think it's because she just conveys so much through yeah. her actions I think it's so great um, like I love that scene when they go to the Playboy Mansion I, I was just so in love with the atmosphere of the movie I loved um, the atmosphere is really fantastic it, it just, it, it's, it, that's something that Quentin Tarantino is really good at though in general but this one in particular felt very um, I don't there was something about it that just felt like um you're just you're sort of like this uh, I feel like it is most like uh, grown up direct in terms of directing where it felt like you're just kind of watching these things happen and it's not it's not like a jump cut you know crazy Tarantino movie mm-hmm. it, it just felt very like there's a lot of lingering shots where you're just walking with people to their houses and walking and I just really 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 loved it and I I do love all that I love all that and I love um I love the story of this has been a, a wanting to be wanting so badly to be he's, that whole scene when he's reading the paperback book to the girl. The That's girl. great. Yes, and no, he just I starts crying. It. Like I just that it's so wonderful. Um, I love the part where she says like that was the best, best acting. Like, great fucking, fucking no. <laughs> I love yeah. that. Yes, it's great. It's so good. Um, yeah, but I again my my big opinion sort of lie with the ending. So I think and I know I I have a feeling you have a real issue with the ending. So I'm gonna turn it over to you oh you're turning it over to me uh tell me what you liked first I guess tell me what I liked first you guys, you I loved the idea of it being a hangout movie me too I, I was really, really a hangout movie um I love the idea of it just being this film where it's like you're watching these characters lives and like I've said with um I know it's nothing like Pulp Fiction but like I said with Pulp Fiction vibes, it, it does have vibes but like like I said with Pulp Fiction the idea of bringing up like these characters in these scenarios, like what they're going, what's going on in their lives. It's almost like their arc, but it's not fully an arc. No. And that's what I love about it. And um, that's brought up with Rick Dalton, how he's like, how he's like, oh, I want to be an actor again. And he's like, after I did uh, Bounty Law, and everybody fucking hates me because they think I killed that show. And also, it brings up that idea that that is an arc of what he's trying to be, but it's shown through just these scenarios. It's not shown through like these. Oh, this is gotta be those powerful moments ever and stuff like that no it's just shown through like this is his reaction to like a little girl telling him his acting is amazing this is his reactions when he stumbles and he falls up and he's really trying the best he can this is his reaction to being around Brad Pitt and then both talking about him in one of his old shows and that's what I loved that was that was amazingly well done and I, I really I legitimately mean this when I say this too for the first I would say half of the movie especially I was legitimately like this might be like my favorite Quentin Tarantino movie ever like, I, I was really... In, and I was thinking in my head, I'm either going to walk out, it's probably going to be my top three or my bottom three. I was like, it's probably how it's going to roll. I was like, I don't think it's going to be down the middle movie for me. And I really was thinking, like, this might be my favorite Quentin Tarantino film ever. And everybody else in my theater seemed bored out of their minds. I did not give a fuck. I was like, I do not care. I love that it was a hang... I love that, like... <laughs> I love those scenes where they're just 
drinking and watching um, his episodes together. Yeah, they're watching his episodes. And they're like, he's like, they're like, he's like, everything is so quiet until you have a fucking shotgun. He's like, goddamn right. <laughs> I love it's like, it. It's like, it's, it's like how we watch movies. No, it really, like, is. I, really I love that. It's great. It, it's exactly what people yeah. do. Like if they're watching their own stuff, it's like, oh, this is fucking yeah, funny. It's so like, this great. is great. It's so fantastic. Um, now going into what I did not like. Yeah. Uh, which, believe it or not, it's not just the one thing. Um, okay. There's, uh, I, I legitimately dislike the last 30 minutes of the movie. Okay. And I, I, like, I really do mean that. Like, I dislike mm-hmm. it. It's not stuff I think that's like, this is, this is well done. It's just not me. It's not that. Like, I legitimately dislike it. And it's a, it's a thing that has to do with, um, my perspective of how the audience is going to take it, but also the way I think Quentin Tarantino wrote it, and also just the way I think it fits into the movie. It's all three of those. And what I mean by that is that, like I said, I was in a movie theater where everybody was bored out of their minds. When it hits the last 30 minutes, everybody seems like, oh, this is the best part. Like, this is great. And I'm just like, this is just extending the idea of like, oh, Tarantino just can't make a movie that doesn't have this in it. It doesn't, have, violent, yeah. it doesn't have the big violent ending with, yeah. with what happens is Brad Pitt smokes out of the acid thing. He's like freaking out. And then these people break in. It's the Manson family people from earlier in the movie. And he's just fucking murdering them with like his dog and everything. And it just goes fucking bonkers. And nothing like that is in the rest of the film. My, my thing is, I think it would work better if they, if, if they set it up better. And what I think by that, when I say that, I mean like there's that whole entire sequence when he's at the Manson family place. He's walking around, and you're like, oh shit, he's gonna find something really fucked up. And he doesn't. He finds nothing. But, and I like that, but I don't think with that ending, that works that well. I don't think it works as well as it could have. And I get it would be maybe more cliche if he found something, like, and also fucked up, or not, if he heard something fucked up. Well, it's not accurate anyway, the history. I know that, but, it, but it, it's accurate up until the end, which I appreciate. And, um... Uh, Except the fact that Rick Dalton and they never existed. I get that. I just don't think it's set up well enough. It could have been done differently. I, I mean, that's my one example of how okay. it could have been set up maybe better. But like, there's other ways in my mind it could have been set up better. I think that the last thirty minutes is the first time ever with a Quentin Tarantino movie where I'm I legitimately I dislike the violent like violence even being in the movie. Mm. I I when when I when you told me because you told me before I wanted to see you're like for the third act is bonkers. When I got like two thirds in the movie, I was like I really don't. Well, I did wonder. I was like, "When is this gonna get weird?" And I and I, I but I didn't want it to get. I didn't want it to the, get the crazy. second the second um, the Mansons show up. I was like, "Okay, okay all right." And and this is. I don't mean that. Like, I mean like when they when the Mansons are like the idea of the Manson girls are introduced. I was like, yeah. in the beginning, I was like, "Okay," because I knew the Mansons were involved. And That's gonna be the payoff. And then I and then I and once he started hanging out with her, I was like, the girl. I was like, "Okay, this is gonna be a Manson movie." How are they going to do this? Like, yes. here's the thing about that ending, about why I like it. I, here, I would be, there were two ways the movie could, I would be totally fine if the movie ended with like an hour, two hour movie, did not have the Manson stuff, like cut out all the Manson stuff, like all of it. Yeah. Cut, cut, I thought the Manson stuff was the weakest stuff in the entire film. That's what my dad said too. Cut out, cut out all the stuff where he goes to the farm even, and just make a two hour hangout movie. That's fine. Yeah. But if you are going to have the Manson stuff, I, I had heard a couple of years ago that Tarantino was making a Manson movie. Was making, or making a movie. That, I mean, that was the big thing. That was, yeah, like, that was how it was promoted. And I, I remember going, fuck. Because as someone who cares, who knows a lot about that story, about the Manson murders, yeah. 
um, it is one of the most exploited stories and one of the most just like disgustingly exploited stories where they take mm-hmm. a real event and they turn it into like this like they turn what really happened to like a horror movie and it just grosses me out and I remember thinking because and the worst thing about the Manson to me is that there are people our age and older who think Charles Manson is like some sort of counterculture yeah oh he's so badass people walking around with like fucking Manson t-shirts Rob Zombie's a Manson supporter um, <laughs> which is why like which is why his version of Laurie Strait has like a Manson poster um, but it's fine uh, like so it's like it's like this idea that like oh he you know, he didn't actually well he didn't do the killing and, and you know he was he was showing those big wig Hollywood types how to you know like get more with the earth man and it's like you know, he killed a fucking babe his people killed a pregnant woman yeah he killed a fucking pregnant woman like that that, that is there is nothing cool with that like these these people are, are, are nothing but, but, but idiots who, who believe in bullshit. And so what yeah. I... And they believe he was like Jesus or something? Like yeah. The, oh, the, yeah. They're the fucking morons. Yeah. So, so what I loved about that ending, and I fully understand... I, it's totally... It is totally separate from the movie. Um, it's almost it, like its own thing. But as someone... After seeing Inglorious Bastards and, you know, the ending of that movie is being that they kill Hitler and, like, mm-hmm. this is, the, this is the, the, the fantasy of that world... I think what I like about it is that it's sort of, there's a lot. I have a lot to say. I, I don't want to over talk. No, you're fine. Go for it. But I feel like... Go for it, bro! <laughs> it's, it's, it's frustrating because I know what you mean. Like, I know what you mean. Like, mm-hmm. it, it can, you're right. It is so not the rest of the movie. Like, it is so not the rest of the movie. But um, I love this idea that the Manson family... Is basically turned into these bumbling idiots, who who. Oh, they are like even the whole entire like segment right before they go in and like and, stuff. And they're like and they're like and they're like, fuck it, man. You know, people watch violence on TV. At first, I was like, I hate this. I literally, I was going, I hate this because what they're doing is they're turning a real event into a, a comedy. Yeah. But then what I realized what they were doing was like, no, no, no they're not even gonna kill Sharon Tate. Because at first I thought they were giving the the killers this personality, and they're gonna kill Sharon yeah. Tate. And I was like, it's so stupid. But, um, in fact, I'll tell you exactly how I thought the movie was going to go. I thought when Rick and Cliff were going out drinking, I thought the Manson murder was going to happen, but they were going to also kill, um, Rick's wife. And that would be like, what the fuck? And then uh, Cliff, Cliff would be like, yeah. I know exactly what Yeah, they're. I know exactly what I'll kill what we'll call him. Because I, I had a feeling that it was going to be, because I had heard it was gonna, it got gets crazy, and I had, heard, I had heard that it's it doesn't follow accurate historical. So I knew something was going to happen. Um, but what I liked about it was they treated the, but they, but they like, they're like, well, we kill both, like kill all of them, we'll kill both of them, we'll kill all the people told us about violence on TV, and they're like, they even say, like, that's so smart, <laughs> like, that's yeah. so brilliant, you know, like, you're so smart, and, like, that's just how fucking stupid they are, they believe this bullshit, um, and one of them even leaves and stuff, which is great, Yeah. and, uh, I, I, I just... It's cathartic. It's cathartic in the sense that I I'm so happy that we just got to see a movie wherein people just absolutely destroy this idea because this is the this is the event that destroyed the innocence of the '60s. Mm-hmm. It's what made everyone freaked out. It's mm-hmm. what made everyone terrified of of hippies. It's what made um, you know it it's it's what caused this cultural divide it's a big turning point in american history and i love that tarantino goes fuck that i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna say I, i'm gonna make a i'm gonna make a movie wherein good guys 
the good guys of Hollywood are as good as we think they are mm-hmm. in a way that they aren't. And, 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 and in a way that I'm not, that I can yeah. never be, because I've fucked up in Hollywood. I've been a yeah. fuck up. And this is like my way of saying, like, wouldn't it be so amazing if, if we were all this good? We were, we did stand up. We did fight back. We did, you know, and, and I love that. And to me, the, um, what I, what it, what it hit me in the end was I was like, oh, this is a fairy tale. It's literally called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. And to the point where it's like Cinderella going to the castle, he gets to the very, he gets this call from Sharon Tate. Oh, come on up. And he, he, he gets this moment of, wow, I get to, I get to live my dream now. And he goes up to and her. He goes to see Ron Sharon Tate. Yeah, he hugs so. Sharon Tate. And uh, I was glad Roman Plants was in the very end, though, because I think that would have been weird. Uh, just, just, it, yeah. it, it would make sense, but it would have been strange with the current. Yeah. Um, but I, I really, I liked, I, I just, it, it really, it, I, I was very emotional at the end of it, because I felt like this is, wow, this is, like, heartbreaking. Cause it's, yeah, I didn't mind the end, I didn't mind the very end. Very, okay. Sure, yeah. It's just the violence, it's just that. I think it's just the idea that it's so tonally different from the rest of the it film. Is, I is. feel like the film could have, could have benefited <coughs> Uh, it could have benefited off of um, being like being like the way it is, like a hangout movie. It could have benefited on ending on a note that, for me, would have felt more complete for all these characters in a way. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying it needs to be like, oh man, like what I thought was going to happen because you you said what you thought was going to happen. What I thought was going to happen was when the Manson family pulled up and Leonardo DiCaprio's character was yelling at them. I thought they were going to kill. Him. I thought they were killed him too. Um, I thought they were going to kill him, and the reason why was because. He is exact. He's he's exactly where he wanted to be from the beginning of the film. Like he's this big actor. Everybody loves him now. He's he's playing like a bunch of fucking movies. Well, Italy. He's not like yeah, but like but I mean still like he's playing yeah. like a bunch of stuff now. He's really enjoying his life and stuff. It seems like at least towards the end of the film. And um, so I thought he was like done for. I thought he was like done. And um, and that was gonna be that was gonna be Cliff's thing. Cliff is gonna come back, see him dead. He was gonna try and he was gonna try and kill these guys because from my interpretation of the film, that was like his other half. Like, they even have that one shot where it's both of them on each side of the screen that's split. Yeah, and they're right. talking about, like, talking about, like, oh, yeah, like, like he does this for me and I do this for him. And it's, like, almost like they're just both halves of each other. Yeah. And I love that. And, um, but what what it comes down to be is a film that's, like, oh, well, the, this is, I know that these people killed Sharon Tate. I know they did this stuff. And it's, like, I'm, I'm and like you said, like, I'm going to change that. I'm going to do that this way. And it's going to be, like, a big fuck you to that. But, like, in, like, a way that's, like 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 it's charming the way it's done i'm not saying it's like bad at all in the way it's done but i think that i think that with that in mind due to the fact and i'm not saying that sharon tate should have had dialogue i'm not saying that at all but with that in mind there's there's really not really much of a focus on her whatsoever in the film there's there's like legitimately i only remember two scenes with her in the entire film um and one of them is just the movie scene which is fine uh, it's great. It's a great scene, um, but I think if you're gonna well, that that whole that movie scene takes place takes up a good chunk of the movie though the whole movie. You know what I mean? Like they cuts her back to her watching that movie a lot. It, it does cut back to her watching the movie. So it's, I, I mean, I think we say two scenes. It's like but they're two pretty hefty scenes. Like yeah, I I still just think if you're in, if if your ending is kind of really pushing for like that that specific event being changed. I think in my mind, it, it, like I would, I would have felt it would have been more effective if I actually yeah, knew the character better. More. I don't think the scene should have been the movie fucking whatsoever. But with that in mind, if it is going to be there, I think that it would have been more effective if I knew that character a little bit mm-hmm. better. I think it's just tonally very inconsistent with the rest of the film. 
I think the violence is so over the top in this it way is, that I'm like, is. this is, he, like, I don't like this. He smashes her head in. <laughs> he smashes her head in. He calls the dog. Um, I thought it was dumb that they didn't just fucking kill the dog, but also they're bumbling idiots, so I didn't really fucking care. Yeah, that's fine. Um, but uh, I thought the flamethrower shit was fucking stupid. I thought all of it was just dumb. And I, and, and the funny thing was, I literally get the way it's written, because there's the whole other thing with how he, the only thing he knows how to do is use the flamethrower. Yes. That's the only stun he's ever done, so that's the thing he uses. And I'm like, oh... I get it. Like, I do. I knew that flamethrower was coming back to the play. I, I, I get it. He uses the flamethrower because it's the only stunt he's ever done on his own, and Cliff has done everything else, and so that's why Cliff's, like, fucking beating the shit out of these people even when he's high. And, and it's like, I get all that. I get the way it's written. But to me, it also felt like the way it was written was Tarantino sitting there, and he's, like, he's like writing this film. He just really fucking loves it. And then, and unlike what you were saying, where you were like, oh, I felt that this was the way he wrote it. Like, he wrote it, like... Like, what if we all stood up and all this stuff? Which I get that. But I also just feel like it's like, oh, well, this is what my people like that watch my movies. And that's why I'm going to cut it six months later. It's going to kind of be like a little short film after everything's fucking done. And it just feels like... It, 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 it's, it, um, it feels like fucking, like, DLC to me to the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it just doesn't work with the rest of the film to me. It feels, like, so out of place. Even when the first thing with the six-month thing popped up... Because throughout the entire film, we don't have chapters, which is which I already loved. We don't have any sort of uh, really time indication outside of it just being one day, and that's just. Well, we do have date. They have date cards. They have oh, okay, Friday, cool. okay. February, February. But even, but even then, it's just like the whole entire thing. It's just like cutting six months later. Then there's a narrator that comes out of nowhere with yeah. the first bit of it, and I was like, oh. Well, he showed up earlier. Is he there earlier? In the very beginning. Yeah. In the very beginning, he, he is. He, okay. he narrates some stuff. Yeah. Okay, and um. It's Kurt Russell. Uh, yes, I know it's Kurt Russell. Um, really the only other things I'd say about it that I actually dis- disliked about it to an extent, um, but they're mostly just nitpicks, it's for the first two-thirds, um, it's really just mostly just nitpicks, was, um, um, yeah, I do think it drags a bit. I think that's with all of his three-hour-long films. He keeps, he needs to, he's, it's, it's, that's happened in the past. I fully years. agree that if all the Manson stuff was taken out and it was a two-hour-long film, I would have I, it literally might actually be my favorite Quentin Tarantino movie. You think the Tar- the Manson stuff should take it out? Completely? I literally hated the Manson stuff. Okay. I thought it, and I, and if you're interested in that, I get it. Like I totally, no, no, I totally get why you would love it's it. It's my, it's my least favorite part of the movie. I, I think that I love the movie. I think that everything else, I was like in love with. Okay. Like I was like, I was digging it so much that, and I was tired when I saw. It. Like I was fucking beaten down, tired. Like I was, I felt like saw it like like a like a ten o'clock showing. Yeah. And I had gotten, like, no sleep just the, just the other night. Yeah. And I felt, like, so ridiculously tired, but I was so into it. And um, uh, the last thing I would say that's something I kind of have a nitpick with, but honestly, I don't even know if it was done. I think it was done on purpose. I do. But, like, it kind of feels a little bit weird for me because I don't know. I want, I want to see how it would look if it was done differently. But um, is how the way they do all the... Um, and I love the sequences, but the way when Leonardo DiCaprio is doing the acting stuff... Like you were talking about, they film it as if it was already all shot. Um, but I find it weird because it's like they do like a whole entire scene where there's like no cuts, nothing, even though there obviously would be cuts. It's like you're watching an episode, though. It's like you're watching an episode, but to me, it's like you're also watching them doing something for acting. And I, 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 I was very confused about the way it was done. Really, yeah. that's weird. Yeah, I, it, it, it felt weird for me because, like, because, like, he, well, like, there's the one part he walks outside of the um, saloon, and he's like, "Oh, you guys better not be messing around." There's like all these different, like, there's like all these different shots of different people, and I was expecting it to be like, 
Oh, you'd see, like, like the cameraman and stuff like that. And I get what he was trying to go for. Yeah. But I just found it very, like, obscure mm-hmm. in the way it was done. And then he goes inside, and there's a whole other set and everything, obviously, because he sits down with this guy. And I think I was just more so, like, oh, I want to see, like, the like like the, the different filmmaking with this sequence at the same time. Could you buy the theory that the final act of the movie is in his head? You know what was really weird is that the the I actually thought it was hallucinated for I, for for, the, for a good chunk because the moment he smokes he when he's walking away that's the moment you see the Manson car pull up because he walking and, with his dog and he says last thing he tells him before the flashback happens like, look for I, I might be wrong say hey, I put the cigarette in here don't smoke that one get confused with it what if he smokes the, the acid thing. Yeah. And this is like some trip. Well, he says it He says it before the six-month gap, though. That's what I'm saying, though. Oh, okay, so you're saying this, the actual six-month thing, too. What if that's a... It... I, I think... I think... Here's the thing. I think that six-month gap is sort of a safety net for that final act. Because yeah. that final act, not only the murder stuff, completely feels different all of a sudden. Like, oh, it's totally it's like, different. That's why, that's why they do the six-month gap. And, but that's also why it felt jarring to me at the same like, time. I... I, just, I really loved the idea that this is this is a fairy tale written by Rick. This story is is him. I, I just I really liked that. I really like I really I, I just it's I and, and maybe and yes it could have been telegraphed better in the first two acts. But I don't I wouldn't want the movie to end any other way. And if the movie is going to deal with Manson, no, maybe it shouldn't. But if this is a movie about Hollywood in the 1960s, you can't avoid it. So you, so you, let me ask you this. So you, like you said, like you would not want it to end any other way. So you legitimately, like... Here's the thing. I would want it to go two ways. Yeah. One, two hour long movie with no Manson. Mm-hmm. Completely, um, like... I want to sever off all ties. All the Manson that. shit, yeah. cut it out. That's fine. And make it like a completely day in the life hangout movie, like a link later movie, like Tarantino's mm-hmm. version of it, where you still have all the stuff of Rick on set, not knowing his lines, mm-hmm. all the stuff of, of Cliff driving around, fixing his stuff, and just being a guy, you know, being a failed stuntman, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. All the stuff, even the stuff with Sharon Tate, you could still, without Manson, make mm-hmm. a tribute to Sharon Tate. Yeah. Just these three characters, separate characters, living their lives. You know, Rick's, Rick, his friend, and his neighbor, their lives. Totally fine with that. If you are going to deal with the Manson stuff, and this is just how I feel because of how the Manson murders have been exploited, I wouldn't want Tarantino to end a Manson movie any other way. Okay, yes, I can. That's, agree. that's what I mean. Because I, I don't. If he's going to de- if he's going to dig in deep, he better hurt those. He better give those motherfuckers hell. Like that's my yes. feeling. Like, no, better, I, I totally agree. That's that. my feeling. I do agree that the way that if you're just talking about the Manson stuff, the way that ends. Is fine. Yeah, I don't think it works in the movie. That's the majority. Actually, the entire film up until the ending is a hangout film. That's fair. It is. It is all just a hangout movie. Um, I think of, I think of the way I I would have liked it to be um, executed if you were gonna add the man stuff and take out a lot of a lot of like the the violent shit, all that stuff. If you're gonna take out all that, um, I would have almost liked it to be done in a in a way that was. Um, uh, I, I don't think you've ever seen all of it, and it's fine, uh, but um, 
the way Mad Men handles time period stuff. Yes, I know what you mean. Um, Mad Men handles time period stuff as in a way like, oh, like they're they're connected to people's uh, they're connected to people's lives and their arcs. Yes. So like you would have saw the seriousness of it, like like like, what, like new like news thing comes up, whatever. Sharon Tate died recently. It's yeah. his next door neighbor, and it's like it's like Hollywood takes a stop for this. There's a huge like there's like a moment for this and everything, and um, this could tie right into the idea of like where where uh, where Rick Dalton's career is going, what what Cliff is doing, and all this stuff as if it like like mimics to that and the seriousness of it mm-hmm. as well. That's kind of how I would have liked it to be. I understand that's not necessarily a Tarantino thing, but also I was loving. He could, he could step out of his comfort zone. You know, he needs to. Yeah, I, I was also I was also though loving how the first two thirds of it feels like his old work. And it feels like stuff he hasn't done for years, and it doesn't feel simplistic like I was talking about. I, I'll say another thing though about the ending that I really appreciated was that it's it's manipulative, but it's 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 good. I I was like I don't because I knew the the Mance Murray was gonna be involved somehow, and I was like I do not want to see Sharon Tate die. Mm-hmm. I just and you you know me, you know how I hate like kids getting hurt and you know pregnant yeah. pregnant people and. I was just like, I cannot, I do not want to see Sharon Tate getting killed. And I, and, and I was getting so pissed off watching the finale. Because he's literally playing Your Time Is Up, the song Your Time Is Up, when they're showing like the montage of them getting ready for the night. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's so fucked up. And then he, there's even a part where Emil Hirsch is watching, he's sitting with Sharon, he's watching TV, and the TV says, uh, now the folks is the moment we've all been waiting for. And I'm like, oh really? I I'm like, are that. you kidding me? Are you like, how did like who the fuck? I was like, I was like, I hate this. Wow, cool, yeah. got it, hate it. And then it was like, nope. Yeah, no, I, can, I was like, I can get. Whoa, I was like, what? You can do that? And yes, I totally get it. It totally is totally. Uh, I was just, I, I was just, I was very happy to see that change because because I, I guess I knew it was going to be not historically accurate because it's Tarantino, mm-hmm. but um, I was. If he if he, he he didn't need the violence, but if he had to put it in, that's the only way I'd want it in there. Uh, I, uh, but I get it. On I, top of that ending, um, and what you liked about it, I like the reason why you like it a yeah. ton. Um, but also another thing I think I also hate about that is hate about that ending is um, is that's not how people are gonna why people are gonna like it. No, people, especially because not a lot of people are that as into the Manson stuff as you are, and I don't think I I don't think. I, well, actually, no. I, 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 do think, I just know a lot about the man's. Movies. I think I think Quentin Tarantino knows why people are gonna like it, and I think Quentin Tarantino knows like how it's this, how it's almost like this manipulative thing to me for his fans. To me, that's like, oh, you guys were, you guys weren't liking this movie. Now you get that payoff, like that. Oh, we're just gonna bash fucking girls' head into a fucking wall. We're gonna have a dog fucking bite this dude. We're gonna flamethrower this fucking person. It does. It, does, it is weird. It's to an extent to me that's like I have everybody in my theater fucking clapping now, and and I'm yeah, like we were, he knows exactly what he's yeah, doing. We, I'm like no, he knows people aren't going to look at it the way you're looking at it. Not even making fun of people. I mean, that's I was, just the way people are. I was really into it too, though, but not because, but that's because of the gore, because of like Pe- people are going to look at it not as like, ooh, man, this is so cool that they're keeping Sharon Tate alive. They're doing this alternate history thing. People are going to look at it as like. Oh, thank God! Like the the violence I've been waiting for, for fucking Tarantino film. No, I <laughs> and know. And that's why I, I it it just bothers me so much because I'm just like, just could you just not 
Like, this one time. I, I was know. like, I just don't want it. I was like, this one fucking time in your whole goddamn career, could you just hold back with that shit? This one fucking moment. And it's like, every single time I go see Quentin Tarantino movie, it's always the same exact fucking shit. Every time. And I, I though I love him. I'm not, I'm not trying to, like, I know. be super fucking mean about it. But, like, every time, like, oh, here comes the shootout, guys. It's like... See, but the... This movie was the exact same feeling to me. It was, I know. it was on the verge. I know. It was on the annoyance level, which I've never been with that. I've never been there. Not See, I, I was annoyed with Hateful Eight. I was annoyed I was with Hateful Eight. Very annoyed me. with Hateful Eight. More than I was, more than this. I was annoyed with. I was annoyed. See, with, I was annoyed with everything the moment uh, Sam Jackson gets shot in the ball. He gets shot in the nuts downhill to me. The whole movie just falls apart. Like, I could see that. The movie just plummets. I, I, it, it did do that to me in, in one post pod. I, I, it was it was unexpected, but I was I was I went with it. I fucking hundred percent. I was I was out the fucking window. Just like and the funny thing was, my friend was next to me, laughing, cheering. So like, no, not cheering, but like you know, like laughing really into it. And I think he looked over at me, and I was just like, I, I was so stoned. If you could not tell, I was stone faced. Mm-hmm. I was not jaw dropped. All right, well, let's. Well, I guess to end this, though, like, because you talked a lot about the ending. Yes. Do you think you could, there'd be a, a world where you give it a second chance and, and, and even with that ending intact, still maybe like the movie more as a whole? Because I know endings are very important to you. You're a guy who loves a good ending. And I, I, I love endings. I, but love I, I really, I thought the ending was the that really got me. I think endings, uh, it's not that they make or break movies for me. But if you do not have a good ending, it makes me feel like that the movie I just watched just has this. But I think we can both agree the final, final scene of the movie is great. The final, final moment. But at the same exact time, that it's whole like, final interaction with him and the, the that kid. doesn't that doesn't that doesn't save an ending for me though. Just like how we've talked about before, but just like how something like Godfather Part Three has that final horrible moment, and the rest of the ending is pretty great. But that final horrible moment with him as an old person falling over that still makes the ending like fuck that. Like that, I fucking hate that. That's how the fucking thing ends, and just like this. See, I, yeah, really, sure. I really didn't get that vibe at the ending at all. I was, I was very satisfied with the movie. Oh yeah, now the um, and it's not, no, just, no, no, it's no, not no. just because, my, and it's not just because I like seeing heads get bashed in. It's not. In fact, my problem is, is that's what other people are. Thinking I know, about. I know, I know that, I know that. But that's the thing. And that's how Tarantino left up to interpretation. Tar- Tarantino, that's why he's writing it that way to me. I have to. I have to think that Tarantino. Yes, yes. Let me just say yes. Tarantino knows what his uh, his fans want. Like yes, he wants violence. I, I I had the feeling that when Tarantino was writing this one, that it felt more like this was personal for him because he you know that he he was a kid in L.A. when this happened. Like he lived this, you know. And so I I have to, I have to feel that this is. And as we all know, he was close to Roman Polanski. No, he was like he was like four when this movie happened. Well, he was six when the events of the movie happened. Um, yeah, sixty-three. But um, I, I don't know. I just I I don't think I've been more frustrated with Quentin Tarantino. See, it should bother me, but it really, it really doesn't. It really doesn't. It yeah. doesn't bother me. It, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's it's unnecessary. It it, it is it is. And I, I, I do think there is a better movie wherein it is it is just a two hour hangout movie that doesn't have the Manson stuff. I think with time, I honestly would put would put in Glorious Bastards, but it would be my least favorite Quentin Tarantino movie. Wow, that's that's like legitimately wow. how much 
And it's not even just because of the the very end or anything like that. It's because it's the whole final like thirty minutes. It that's like literally just everything, and 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 it feels so just shoved in there to me, and it just it feels. Hasn't that been the past three Tarantino movies? Not so, not J- J- at all. Jango, just... The ending of Django offers nothing to me. Like the ending it of... ap- offers absolutely nothing. At least with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it it ties what all all the things you've watched together. Django offers the ending of Django offers absolutely nothing. Well, the ending of Django to me was him. Well, he's going back to go get Brumhilda, which makes sense. But they, to me. that's, that's the bullshit. That's the bullshit, though, is that there's no reason for that not to be earlier in the movie. I get that that movie, but we were already talking about how that movie, the the ending extension, shouldn't be there. But to me, it's not that it's not good or doesn't fit with the film. It's that it's just too effing long. That's the thing to me. And then even Hateful Eight, Hateful Eight. Whereas yeah, I do not like some of the violence in the final thing. I'm not. I'm not saying I like everything in the ending. And I'm not even saying that the whole entire ending should be justified to be the way it is. But, to me, the whole entire movie is built up around that. It's built up around it far better than it is here. This movie has... It has no build-up to its violence whatsoever. It really doesn't. I'll be honest with you. The only thing is that he goes to the Manson place. He beats up that one guy. He beats up one dude. And then he's like, Alright, do this fucking shit for me. Uh, Fix my tire or whatever. And then he leaves... And then we get to, we we go like four or five scenes like no mention of this and then it cuts to the oh six months later and then they just show up and they're like all right we're gonna fuck it with did you. bother me that Rick didn't mention his visit to the Manson thing Cliff didn't mention his uh, visit to the Manson to Rick it was kind of like yeah, well, yeah there's no there's no I I just don't like because there's no build up to this violence it just feels like oh we cut six months later all right now we're gonna it's just gonna be fucked up guys like. Mm-hmm type deal and it's like his other movies yeah sure they're exploitative in terms of violence they have this they have this really grotesque look at how violence is at times but at least it's built up to me at that's, least that's it's fair. that that's, it, I, I I hear you I I get it I get it and all of his other I totally films get, I feel like it's built up I, to- I totally get it I just um, I don't and I, I I don't think that's enough to disavow the whole movie though it's, I really don't. I really don't. I think it's not, but it's that the fact like how much I hate. I hate the final forty minutes of Django Unchained, but I still love that fucking movie. You would say you go as far as to say you hate the final forty minutes. Of Django I Unchained. severely dislike it. I would. I would go as far as to say the final final forty minutes of Django Unchained have. But although I think I think the final section of what you're talking about is not nearly as long as the Django Unchained stuff. It's it's uh it's not. But I was checking. I checked the time when I was uh, when the six months later thing happened. It's uh. 25 minutes, I believe. Okay. 25 minutes to about 30. I, and I get it. That's a good chunk. Um, but I, I still think, I think the movie's so good up to that point. I would I say, though, that... so good. The, maybe, maybe you should do, watch the movie and just stop it right with the six months later. And then just, just, that's literally what I want to do. Yeah. Like, there's something like that where it's like, it, 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 the the Django stuff that you're talking about, the the, final, the 40 minutes that extends out to me, um, even though it feels unnecessary entirely, it does. Um, I think there's some great moments, and which is hence why I has a I, great I, song by John Legend. This yeah, and and I do like the part when he's standing at the top of the thing and he's just, people are fucking they're like yelling at him and he fucking yeah. shoots the kneecaps off San, uh, Steven. Yeah. I think it's very much the 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 punch to all these fucking people that yeah. they're fucking assholes in the movie. And even though it's totally unnecessary in every way possible. That does not mean I hate it. That just means I like it, but it's completely unnecessary. That's fair. Which is, um, I guess, I guess I don't hate it. I guess. And but that's that's the complete opposite for me with this movie. It doesn't feel necessary to me, 
And on top of that, I don't like it. I don't think it fits with the movie whatsoever. At least Django's like a shootout, like fuck everyone type movie. Whereas this movie is like There's no Billy, you're right. There's no there's not even Oh, hang else. out. Yeah, the worst thing is that he just punches a dude. That's it. It's the worst thing I've the entire film leading up to that. Yeah. Punches a dude. And at least at least Rick and Cliff aren't like fucking uh expert marksman you know what I mean that was I, I kind of appreciated that that like and and I also liked that Rick was fighting but he was like high as balls <laughs> like Cliff the Cl- Cliff sorry Cliff, Cliff, was, yeah, Cliff yeah. was high as balls he wasn't like just like I did like Cliff being high talking because I, cause I, th- I think that made it a bit more like he just didn't care because he was just kind of like oh he always didn't know what's happening and the Rick using the flamethrower thing was just more of a like a, it was a yeah. Little, it, it it feels that was, much, that was too much. But but I I don't know. And it feels like to me, it's like if I was watching a movie and I'm like, oh, I love this. This is great. What if? And then, sorry. And then it takes like a fucking 180, and it like it's almost like they took out the fucking movie, and they're like, <laughs> slam some shit in the in the projector, and they're like, all right, it has all the same characters, but here's your fucking movie. Like this is what you're gonna get for mm-hmm. the rest of it. And that's why I just it, it it makes such a big difference to me because that's what that's what all that's what all this leads to for the final thirty minutes basically. Can I can I say something? You're gonna yeah. hate when I say this. Yeah, sure. I think that while yes, from a, 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 a standpoint of violence, it, it's so out of place. It's so like what the fuck? Is it? This is so stylistically different. But I do think that it it um. It completely feeds into the the plot of the movie in the sense that these guys have had are are are, are, um, are husbands and they, they no one no one respects them at all and they've done nothing to for to offer anything to people right they've like mm-hmm. you know but it's through this act that they are able to maintain the innocence of this time that they didn't happen anymore. And so I really, I, I, I think, I think the movie does build up with that because the whole movie is about that. It's about this idea that, dude, we have no place in this anymore. We, we can't change anything. I guess I already said that. But I, I, I can, I can, I can believe I, that to an extent, but I, I don't think I, 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 I believe what you're saying and I understand it. But I also don't believe that was Tarantino's intention. Okay. I don't believe that... Well, he'll, he'll never tell us. I don't think so. I can believe wholeheartedly that he wrote that to be, like... He wrote the whole entire movie. It's like, oh, like, this is the innocence. And so See, I think innocence. he did. I think he did. I just don't... But I think he also knows... See, I think he wrote it for his jerk-off action. See, I think, I think, it's, I think it's his eats his cake, gets his cake and eats it too. I think it's him knowing... I think, he, I think that's completely the story of the movie. Because whenever you see interviews with him, too, it's a, he said, it's always a, it's about these old time guys who 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 reclaim their place in a world where they are no longer wanted, and I think he knows that. But I think he also understands that there are sycophants who are going in there to see like people's heads get bashed in. I think I think it's a mix. We could argue about this forever, but all I'm saying is that that's just where I stand on it. I, it didn't. It didn't. I. I totally get it. I totally get it. I totally get why you're coming from. I. I totally. Fuck you. And I get. And it's I, like the Halloween girl. Totally. Totally. No, so. but I. I <laughs> speaking of, did you see Jamie from Halloween Four was in the movie? From uh, really? Yeah, the, the little girl. From, she's also in the Rob Zombie movies. She's the um. She's the pregnant Manson lady. That shows up. 
That's her, yeah. Also, um, Lena, uh, uh, Lena Headley, the girl from, um, Girls, she's, uh, she's in it. <laughs> Probably the weird I just think the Manson stuff could be crumbled up and just thrown into the trash. Okay, that's fair. I, 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 I agree. I, I probably would even like the movie more. In fact, if it was that way, I would put it in the top three. Um, as for what it is, it though. It probably would be my number one if they did that. As for, for what, <laughs> for what it is, though, it's my favorite Tarantino movie since Jackie Brown. Sure. This has been Josh and Tyler talk movies. Sure, Josh. No, but what would you give it overall grade? As of right now, I'd give it a solid. Can we do halves? Sure. Give it a solid. It's either six point five or seven out of ten. Uh, and the reason why is because that that whole entire the whole entire final second probably knocks it down like a point and a half to two points for me. I know you hate that, isn't it? Yeah. I can tell. Yeah, it's pretty. It makes me pretty furious, to be honest with you. Wow, I did. Yeah, didn't do that. You're probably like nine. <laughs> I probably would be even that. It's my favorite of the year. Really? Yes. It's your favorite film of the year so far. Yes. That's crazy. Let me let me let me, let me go through what I've seen so far this year. Josh ranking of the year. How to, Side rant. How to Train Your Dragon. Happy Death Day to you. Captain Marvel. Climax. Us. Dumbo. Pet Cemetery. Shazam. Avengers. It's End- better to you than Climax. Yes. Okay. Avengers. End- yes. Avengers. Endgame. Jack. Uh, John with Chapter Three, which was number two. Uh, God's looking at the monsters. Always be my baby. Rocket Man. Lego Movie Two. Aladdin. Toy Story Four. Midsummer. Spider Man Far From Home. Nightmare. Cinema. Crawl. Book Smart. Lion King. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I cried at the end of this movie. What? Because of the Sharon Tate. I that got me. That means that you okay. You're telling me that you're not that into like the 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 Mason Sharon Tate stuff, but you probably are. You're crying at the end of the movie. It, I'm really not. I'm that's not my thing. I, I like like. Why'd I, you cry then? Because that's just that's heartbreaking to me. This idea that that she is still that in, in this world, the movie she's still alive and oh please come to me. Like that really that really got me. And since the movie does such a great job of showing her at her most innocent, and that she's that she's really not this person who is just this headline. That really, that really got to me. That really hit me, and I was very, very emotional. And I, and I also, I think DiCaprio was so. I got, I got choked up with DiCaprio a couple times in this movie because I think he's so good. And just to see him. Do you think though, if you do not know about the event of the Mason stuff, that anybody would have that Manson? reaction? Who's to Mason? Me? Sorry, Mason, Mason Ramsey. Mass. Uh, wait, the. Wait, what is it? Mason Charles Man- Manson. Ma- Manson. Yeah. Oh, okay. I well, said Ma- you said Mason. I was thinking Mason Ramsey. He's the kid, oh, yeah. the yodeling kid in Walmart. Remember that video? Do you think that if somebody did not know that much, well, that's the problem. Really anything well, about they're, the they're, Manson they're, family they, stuff, they, that they would have that reaction to the ending? I only know. I only know Man- about Manson stuff, Manson history through my dad's. Do you think it's because it's more of a tribute to that his to that historical person or that whole entire event, and it's more of like a like this is so sweet to that event. Type deal, even though the film doesn't really feel like that much of like uh like that based around like a historical telling of that stuff, mm-hmm. it doesn't really feel that into that. But do you think if you did not really know about it, um, that anybody would have that reaction to the ending? Because the thing is, to me, is that yeah, sure. If the film maybe are you, like, are you telling me if someone didn't know Sharon Tate died, like anything? Sure. No, I then no. I, like, I, I knew Sharon Tate died, but I did not even remotely have that emotional reaction. Like, I thought it was sweet. I was like, 
I was like, oh, that's sweet. It killed, yeah. that, that ending killed me. I mean, like, to me, it was just like, I was like, oh, it's sweet. They kept that, that, that to me is like Tarantino at, when I talk about like how I love how Tarantino can be heartfelt too. That's what I mean. That, that got me. That really got me. And, and, um, I don't know. I really, I really loved it. I, 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 I really loved, I just love seeing this idea of the Manson family be just destroyed be just completely destroyed and 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 and, and brought down for what it is and, and how it should have been just you know it, it just i love that um i'm not saying i wanted people in real life to get their heads smashed at but my fire flamethrowers but i i don't know i um and i don't know it, it, it but that's the thing it's 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 my opinion and i i i know a bit about the Manson murder, a bit more about the Manson murders than maybe some guy going in without it. That, that's, I don't know how it would play to someone who doesn't know anything about the Manson murders. I don't think it would play. But I don't think, I don't think anyone is, who's, I don't think anyone's going to see who doesn't know about Manson. The Tyler, Manson. My, my, no, my friend doesn't know anything about it. My friend saw it with me and he didn't even know it was in the movie and he doesn't know anything about it. He doesn't know anything about Charles Manson. He never knew anything he, about He him. literally knows nothing about that event. Well, that's strange. He's literally, I don't know a lot of people that don't know a lot about Charles Manson. That's weird. That's, like, one of the most famous... I know that, but I think also one reason why you probably know more about it is because of specifically, like, it, it's 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 not only its effect on the 60s, and especially Hollywood 60s at the time, but also the fact of, like, who died and all that stuff. Sure. Okay, maybe. I don't know. I, I just, I don't... I'll tell you, in history class, I haven't learned jack shit about it. Well, so. yeah... <laughs> So I feel I like a lot of people who just I think I think a lot of people who who I thought everyone knew, at least knew who Charles. Well, Manson people know was. about Ted Bundy because there's like a fucking billion fucking Netflix. Well, yeah, but I, th- I thought everyone knew who Charles Manson was. That was my assumption. No, I don't think so. I never knew about the Jesus thing. I looked it up on Wiki when I got back home. Because I was well, like, it, it, I don't know. I, don't I just know. knew that Sharon Tate died from him. I didn't know anything else about it. I know jack shit about it. Besides the besides that she besides that she died. Well, I, I, I did. I don't. I don't know. I thought Charles Manson killed her too. To be honest with you. No, we I had no idea that. No. I say, I just. I thought she. Did. I had to look it up on Wiki when I got back. I was like double checking. I was like, oh, I got. I was like, oh, they did the maybe ultimate. This, maybe, maybe this movie wasn't for you then. So, yeah, but the whole entire film doesn't have to do with it. It's just the whole final thirty minutes. The, the whole entire first half of the movie is about these two characters. That's like, oh, and then like, and their but they story. They showed the girls at the beginning. Those are that's that's the that's it. That's the four elements that are introduced in the movie. Rick, Cliff. Sharon she's in like she's literally barely in the first half but it, it, it's, it's at least set up it's yes it's very slightly set up I get it but like at the same time anybody it's not like that element of the movie is completely just like it's absent for people who don't know about it okay. at all it's 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 absent for people who really don't just know like all those different people in the Mason uh, Manson family and stuff like okay. that it is it's like the way it's the way it's structured the way the film is made is around these two characters. It's around that. It's around that. Those their ideas around their story around what they're doing, and that's what people are into for the entire film. And then it becomes a, a, a Manson film, especially towards. The I'm, not, I'm, not disagree- I'm not disagreeing with you that. But I'm saying that the film is not just a Manson film by any means. No, it's actually it's the way that's it's the set point. up, and the way it's set up is totally that you're into these characters that are not a part of that Manson stuff, and then they have the one scene where he gets a part of it. And then they don't ever set it up for the rest of the movie. And at the very end, there's this huge thing about it. And the only way you'd care two shits about anything going on is if you actually knew who they killed and everything. And even the, even on top of that, even if you do care about that, 
it's still tonally and extremely different from the rest of the movie. It is totally extremely different, but I knew about it, so therefore I, I liked it. You're right. I don't I don't know if it would work for me if I don't know, but I, but I do, and I can't help that. Yeah, no, I and get that. I get I, that. I'm just saying that for the way it's set up to... Uh, the, I know. The way it's set up does not at all feel like a there is, there is There is nothing... There is nothing... There is I will the one thing I will harm Snickers is that there's nothing that telegraphs that ending. There is not a single thing that telegraphs that, the, the I mean the violence. There's nothing that telegraphs to me it's gonna be a Manson film really. Until until he goes to the farm and then even then right afterward it just cuts right back. Oh, we're just regular. But man I mean okay. I mean Manson does show up. I just remember them saying Charlie and then the Manson the shows up to Sharon Tate's house. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know what Snickers you're talking yeah. about. I know what you're saying you're talking about. But um yeah. All right. Well, that's, I don't feel like there's really much. Okay. But you like? Would you? Would you say you? Would, the bummer is you enjoyed the movie up to that point, right? Yes, I was very frustrated with the film, but I, 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 I think I'm frustrated because I actually I you liked the it. first like. Two I liked it, and I think that's why I'm frustrated. I really loved it, and then I just feel like that was just kind of all thrown out the fucking okay. window. I, de- I, I, I will completely agree with you that I could do without the final act. It doesn't ruin. It doesn't ruin the movie for me. But I, but I, I still. I'm still glad we saw it. See, it almost does for me, just because I feel like I don't, I don't want to rewatch it, mm. because I'm like, oh, I'm gonna be so into it, I'm gonna love it, and then it's just gonna be like, yeah. it's like a final, it's like the final season, it's like, it's like a, like Game of Thrones when people talk about that to me. Yeah, I've never, I, mean, I haven't seen the final season do it, but like, I know you have, I think, but like, no, I'm still watching, but I know what happens. In but it. like season eight, everybody's like, oh fuck that, like it, it ruined everything! Yeah, yeah. And I, I just, I, I feel like it's one of those things for me where it's like, I don't even want to rewatch it because I'm just like, oh, that's what happens. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the ending. Interesting. I mean, I, that's, that's totally, I, I totally get it. Um, yeah, it sounds like in our talk you hate it more than Glorious Bastards. I probably do, because I hate the decisions that are made yeah, for the final way say... more than the, way more than the, uh, uh, the Hanzo? Hanzo, Hanzo. Holdo. <laughs> All right, well, we should probably wrap up, but um, absolutely. I I I'm glad we talked about the Tarantino movies. I, I really I liked One Spot Talent. I highly recommend it, but I know you didn't love it. I would highly recommend it if if you are a if you are an early Tarantino fan. Yeah, I, I still think it's worth seeing no matter what. Yeah, but I don't think people are gonna like it. I, I really just I I mean like I know the, I know the audience score is high, I I've said before though I think it's not I mean it's, it's high but it's still lower than the critic score. Oh okay, by a um, little bit. I I still think that's mostly because a lot of people that are going into it are just Tarantino fans like they pretty much just love everything he makes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's true. And I think no matter what you make, as long as it has that violent ending, it's like oh five out of five for me mm-hmm. type deal. And um, so I think if you're a Tarantino fan, especially of his earlier work, you'll probably get quite a bit out of it, especially for the first two thirds. I think, yeah, I think it's um, and even if you have the same feeling Tyler just has on the finale, I think there's so much good shit in it. There is for the first two thirds. So I, I do think it's worth watching so just much. for that atmosphere, just for those hangout even, moments. Because there's so much to dissect in the. Yeah, it's. Mo- I mean, honestly, it's mostly just a controversial topic about the ending and that's that. We, there's that. so much dissecting the whole movie that we can get into, but I, I always feel like. We shouldn't because it's just it's moments. It's like it's hard. To, yeah, like, it's it's almost hard to pinpoint because it's, it's so not great. these. It's not these. Uh, it's not these huge bomba- bombastic. Oh, no, we need to have the. We need to have these mega character moments. No, like in I even, life. I even love those scenes of just Cliff driving around. Yeah, and you just see this. The you music. get these little character things. Yeah, and all this stuff with um, um, the freak out, the big freak out scene. I also thought they were gonna go a lot more into the idea that um, 
he killed his wife. Apparently, yeah. I thought funny. I thought that I thought that once he met that girl, and I'll be legit. I I didn't really think too. I really didn't think too much about the Manson stuff till we got to the farm place. But I was thinking that that girl was gonna kind of like play into the idea that oh he killed his wife and mm. he may have actually done it. Yeah, that was interesting. And I thought they were gonna expand. He definitely did it though. That. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was interesting. But yeah, but there's there's a lot, there's a lot of great stuff. I still I still recommend it, even if even if you have the same feelings you had. Yeah, anyway. and um, the only people I don't think I'd recommend it to is just like, and I feel like there's a lot of people that find it boring as fuck. Just frustrating. Yeah, which is because I it's funny and, because everybody in my theater was bored until the ending. Yeah, which is kind and of. And I'm like in love with it. I was like, oh my gosh. Our theater was mixed, movie. but everyone was definitely like uh, at the ending. Yeah. But. Yeah, all right. Well, that's that's what we got. That was the first episode. We kind of got argued. We kind of argued in the end. Yeah, we argued, but that's, that's okay. What it's all about we're we're still friends. It's all that's what it's all about. I you hear me? I'm like, look, I thought it was like three out of ten. You're like, what the? Yeah. <laughs> I knew I knew I I knew once I saw it, I was like, oh shit. Oh, you know the moment I, I text you, I was like, oh, I kind of have mixed feelings about it, and you see the ending, you're like, oh. Oh, I I, me- I immediately knew the second, the second. I was like, Tyler hates this. It's like Tyler hates all this. He's like, I know he does. <laughs> And maybe I just was prepared for it to be out there. Well, I was prepared for it to go bonkers, and like I said, though, throughout the entire film, I was like, oh, I really hope it's yeah, not. It, yeah. I don't know. I think I'm probably going to see it again at some point. But Probably will on Redbox. <laughs> maybe. All right, guys. I mean, I'll definitely buy it because it's Quentin Tarantino. If, if we do this again, I'm sure we'll find another movie that's out and try to base an episode around it. These are going to be weekly talks. <laughs> oh, maybe. We'll figure this weekly out. Weekly talks. We'll see how it goes. Um, right. Yes, this has been... Josh and Tyler talks. Um, Josh is about to leave. Hours. It's uh, yeah. We talked about like ten movies. I know it's pretty good though. We did pretty good. Yeah, two and a half hours, ten movies. That's not bad. Bad. Especially because forty-five minutes of it is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Still not as long as a turn as a Once Upon a Time Hollywood. Um, it is currently three fifteen a.m. Yes. So Josh is about to abandon ship. I'm gonna head out. And uh, we'll probably do this again sometime. Um. Hopefully Josh does not murder me in another conversation. No, I won't murder you. But I understand where you're It was great. We're handshaking. That was not a slap to my face. But was that an arm? Oh, I thought that was an arm. No, that was just a a handshake. Bye, guys. (laughs) Goodbye, everyone. Hope you have a good night's sleep. 3.15 a.m. I'm going to be up for another two more hours.